Hey, good evening, and welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. Now your host, Ace. Listen, he wanted out of he wanted out of Green Bay as much as uh, they wanted, just as they just as much as they wanted him. They were both ready to split up. Yeah, I bet you to be gone. Bet you he wish he could re- call rewind time, you know, because he'd be you know in the playoffs with a real quarterback. So so would so would a Rod. Green Bay is still behind uh, the Lions. Okay, the Lions have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Green Bay Packers. The Packers would have had a better shot if they had what's the name Devontae Adams. If the Bears had a defense, they would have beat them last week. Just saying. And speaking of the playoffs, there playoffs. are only four teams that have been eliminated: the Rams. Four. Oh, actually, technically, the Rams haven't been eliminated. No, no, the Texans, the Rams, the Bears, the Texans, and the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are out of it. In the AFC, they're done. Wait, the Bears got eliminated? The Bears got eliminated. The Bears Bears got eliminated, yeah. 10th loss. Yeah. How voted they put it in the Pro Bowl? Again, this week is pretty much Eddie Jackson's going to the Pro Bowl. I voted a punter. I love that punter. The punter for the Bears? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because we couldn't talk about this two weeks ago. You know, that punt was awesome. Uh, <laughs> His punt game was on was off week. <laughs> it was you know on point. <laughs> that's, that's, why game is that's why you're a professional hater, man. Because that's what you do. <laughs> Most oh, Jets man. fans are good people, but you, on the other hand, you, <laughs> you, you like to twist the dice. But you took his smack before that game, so you know I had to come back. Oh, I was my before and during. You know what? I was right. That's why they bent Zach Wilson. I was talking trash about your sorry quarterback, and now he's not your quarterback no more. Apparently, the rest of the team agreed with me. They were like, "He's over there. He's, he's over there learning." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, he's he, he's getting he's getting trained the old school style. You know, you sit for three years. You know, you might come out then. You know, who Zach? Yeah, yeah Zach. He's getting like, he's getting old school treatment now. He's gonna be sitting like no uh, third. Gino, third seat, Gino you know, Smith. Really well, Gino, Gino Smith's playing good though. Yeah, mm. ten years later, <laughs> somebody had to believe in him. That's all you need is just one person. But yeah, Ace, how's that punt game? You know, punt game's <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> That's why I keep voting. I keep voting for that punter, dude. I, I look at the punters, I'm like, yo, gotta pick that Bears, dude. Y'all need to vote for Eddie Jackson, former Pro Bowler, and he will be a Pro Bowler again. Best safety in the NFC. I stand by that. Best safety, I believe. The best. best safety is Hunter Smith after he destroyed the Jets, you know. No, no. He yes. threw the ball, yes, everywhere that, threw every the dude, ball directly every at him. No, every dude, everywhere that dude was at, he just popped up out of nowhere and just stopped the, the whole thing. If, if, he, if he wasn't there last week, the Jets might have would have won. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. <laughs> Speaking of shoulda, coulda, woulda, Ace is in third place in all uh, rankings. Boom! Yeah! Wow, nice segue. Nice <laughs> segue. I, look, I, 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 I'll give him credit on that. Nice segue. It was a smooth segue. Yes, I am in second place to recap it for our uh, listeners. All 13,000 of you. Uh, let me pull up the records for the season. I am 88-105 on the game against the spread. Anthony, Ant, is 91. Ooh, whole three games ahead. 91-102. And Malik, the only member above 500, is 101-92. and 92. Yeah, don't Hot jinx couple it. Of weeks. Don't jinx it. It was two. It was two really good weeks. That's it. That's literally all I've had. <laughs> Everything else was 
below 500 before then, and I've had two really good weeks, and I'm trying to keep it rolling. You had, you had, no, you had a couple of five, 500 weeks, and you had two uh, 10 win weeks and one yeah. 11 win week. Yeah. You were hot last week. So I hope people were listening. Well, I posted your picks online, so hopefully people were paying attention to them. But I did pretty good last week. I did pretty good last week. But we're going to get into who do y'all actually think are going to win these divisions? We're going to start with the AFC. Oh, Ant's taking a break. So you know what? Fuck that. We're going to go into college football. Um, <laughs> Dang. Man, no, you muted yourself. You cut off your whole camera. So I was like, we're going to go into college football real quick because the playoff is set. So I know you don't like to talk like about it. that. Do you, know any, do you know any of the teams in the college football playoff? Because they might be drafted. Oh, Anthony, so you might care. I'm on mute right now, so I'm taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> he muted himself. He muted himself before. Like, I told him to mute himself. Because UTSA went 11-2, but he don't care. And there's like five guys off that team supposed to be in the NFL. They got two 12-win seasons back-to-back, but, you know, what do I know? <laughs> Anyways. Um... So, yeah, we're talking about the college football. So, wait, before we actually Georgia. talk about the games, before we talk about yeah. the games, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think Ohio State deserves to be in it? Oh, hell no. Nah. Okay. Thank you. Thank nah. you. Yeah. Nah. No, they don't. Nah. They don't. They got rocked at home. Like, what? what's going to happen? They're playing a team that's better than Michigan that plays just like Michigan in terms of, like, being able to bully them at the line of scrimmage. It's going to get beat down again. What's exactly. going to happen? The only exactly. chance they have is they could have stopped Michigan from throwing the ball or running it. And Stetson Bennett has proved to be more than a game manager. You might have like four touchdowns. They got two of the biggest tight ends I've ever seen in my life. They have like Rob Gronkowski and Antonio, um, who's a tight end who used to play for the San Diego Gates. Chargers. Antonio Gates on the other side. In terms of Brock Bowers and the other dude, like they may have four touchdowns just between their tight ends. Like it's crazy. And unless they just decide to throw the ball the entire game, which they should because C.J. Stroud is a great quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in the country, like, they should just light it up and just start throwing. And the other wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's, like, sitting out and people are already talking bad about him. Like, oh, he's not – I mean, he has a chance to win a championship. He should get out there and play with his teammates, yada, yada, yada. He don't need to put more film on He ain't got no chance. He ain't got no chance to win no championship. Stop it. That was the whole point. Just stop it. You only play because you have no choices on the schedule. You ain't winning this game, dude. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The game's on the schedule. I get it. I get it. So show up, right? But yeah. but you know, everybody know you ain't winning this game. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay. Be honest with yourselves. And CJ Shroud is trying to get because... beat up. It's like, look. yeah. Like, and there's all there's a couple of there's like two or three All-Americans again on Georgia's defense. And shout out to the guy from the University of Buffalo, Marcus Fuqua, who made All-American a safety from the University of Buffalo. First team, first team, led the nation in interceptions, I'd like to point out. But we're going to get back to the actual teams that people care about aside from just me. Um, yeah, TCU might actually be able to beat Michigan. We don't know. They're starting running by Blake Cormier going to play, but the guy who backed them up, who ran for a two seventy-five yard runs against Michigan, and then beat up on Purdue with a club for a hand. He couldn't even, like, put two <laughs> hands on the damn ball. So, like, I don't know. And then TCU could be amazing or terrible. It all depends on how well Michigan's yeah. defense plays. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't, for the Jets to I don't know that I've seen, and I don't know that I've seen TCU play yet. I've, maybe I've seen one game this season of theirs. I mean, I followed their, their record, you know, when they were, when they were winning and stuff like that, but I didn't, 
get to see any actual games of this. I'm in, I am interested to see how they how they perform, how they play. Um, this is the closest Michigan has gotten in my it's in in Harbor's tenure to getting to the national championship game. So, yeah. you know, this is and this is the best team he's had. You know, in terms of record, in, in terms of record, but in terms of talent, yeah. this isn't the best team. That's no, no, team. exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, in terms of record, I mean, you know, this is the best team he's had, and uh, you know, he's got a good. He's got a. He's, he, they had a good draw. You know, getting getting that second draw. You know, you're going to play against TCU, who's not undefeated, who lost, who's lost, the, who lost their championship game. So, you got to figure that's going to be impacting them in some way. Um, and then you get an opportunity to play to play against them, and then hopefully you can you can go get beat by Georgia in the, in the you know in the national championship game because Georgia's not losing. That's the whole point. Um, <laughs> I just don't see Georgia losing. I just don't see it. I I, I just can't fathom it by any stretch of the imagination um shout out to Lou, but and i'm and i'm not gonna i'm not i'm gonna i'm not i'm saving not saving this shout out to the end but shout out to lsu for making it to the sec championship game and overachieving by a mile um that way they were not supposed to be they were not expected to be there at that time so shout out to them for getting there but anybody who's anybody knew that game was not going to be close and it was not close by the second quarter no it was not they knew it was up but you know, listen. They didn't expect y'all to beat Alabama. You went for the two point nope. conversion. You got there, and then unfortunately, somehow y'all lost to Texas A and M, which now, made you, no sense to me. Had y'all not lost to Texas A and M, LSU might have been able to sneak in there instead of LSU. And I honestly think that would have happened had they not lost that game. Yeah. But, mm. And speaking of A and M, they're the first team ever to have the number one recruiting class, and then or a top ten recruiting class, and not even be bowl eligible. Which is amazing. Mm. Yeah, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, something I gleaned off of a few other podcasts that I stole that information from. I'm not doing this research on college football like that. On the NFL, I am, and on the spreads for college football, I am. But like, I'm not exactly bet on the Army Navy game. But Army, if they win this game, they will be bowl eligible. It'll be six and six, so I'm kind of rooting for them. So who knows? I think they're getting two points. But aside from that, so like, before we get to the Wait, before we get to the NFL though, before we we gotta we gotta talk we gotta talk Coach Prime. Coach Prime going to we gotta oh, talk about Coach Prime going to Colorado, and you want to tap in for this one? Yeah, I know, you're, I know yes. you're aware of this conversation. The biggest story. I mean, it's the biggest yeah, story of college football, man. Like, so <clears throat> leave it leave it up to Deion Sanders to to you know to um <clears throat> bully the college football like literally. We talked about people talked about the Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State, going to Colorado, so much that the secondary um, conversation was the college football playoff. Was they became the set? They became yeah. the sub story. And coaches were basically saying, if he texted any of my players directly, uh, they would have left. Which is what's the craziest part to me. And what do you got to say about the? Uh... Um. Must be the money. Must be the money. Thank you for that deep insight. <laughs> Must be the money. You're ridiculous. Must right. be the money. Well, they already got a five-star transfer out of Alabama um, trying to go over Colorado, so they're going to have some talent next year. They were the worst team. They were the worst Power 5 team by far, although I tend to push, well, I guess, because Northwestern got a win but none of Northwestern's win were inside of the United States because the only game they won was in Dublin. 
against Nebraska, and they had to fire their coach. So I don't know. Maybe it's a push. You know, Northwestern got one win. Colorado got one win all year. So who knows? But Dion, like how he left Jackson State, I get why people are pissed. But from day one, like after after the first season there, he interviewed for an FBS job. And I see why he chose Colorado over USF. But I think people really thought that he was going to wait for a better job down south to pop open. Like $5 million is $5 million a year. But I don't appreciate all these wild accusations coming about Jackson State and how they were misspending the money. They were already selling out games anyway before he got there. He brought more attention. He was able to get them a new licensing deal with Under Armour. He was able to get them a new practice field. But you can't sell people a dream and then walk out on the dream. But that's sports, right? Like That's what college coaches do. It's they what college to... coaches do all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I, the, th- the thing that the thing that bothers me about the conversation is 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 the, the part about you know how Dion and it's and it was it's dirty. Okay, I'm not even going to say that it's not dirty about Dion. You know, basically talking about bringing back HBCUs or you know, um, kind of being the champion to. You know, show what what HBCUs can do, and how and and bringing the talent to Jackson State that he was bringing to Jackson State because he did bring a lot of really good you know talent. He brought the top five kid, the yeah. top five receiver, brought his son over there to play quarterback. Um, so he brought some amazing talent there, and so he was doing that thing right. But the but the thing I think people don't people don't remember is that in the end in the end of it all, he's still a coach, and his seat on the bus. He's to me, he's not the torchbearer for HBCUs. Let him say whatever he wants. I would I never believed that Deion Sanders could or would be the torchbearer for HBCUs because I've watched Deion Sanders for the last 20 years of my life. I know what Deion Sanders is about. Deion Sanders is is about Deion Sanders. It's about doing what's best for Deion Sanders. Now, that does not mean that he's not going to do the best for your kids if your kids are underneath him. But if he has the opportunity to do something better for himself, he's going to do it. You know, like this is the this is the whole point. He's all and that's how he's always been. So I found it interesting when when people were talking about to your point, Ace, about like, you know, him selling the dream. I'm not believing that dream. Deion Sanders was never going to be Eddie Robinson. That was never going to happen. It was like, you know, like I was I never believed that that was going to happen. He may not be in Colorado (laughs) more than a couple of years before the NFL calls the right NFL job calls him. He's out. See, that's the thing. He already said he doesn't want to coach in the NFL, but I don't know how much I, I I do believe him when he says that because I think he really just kind of wants to sit up there and and coach and coach in college and be one of those kind of made guys like Nick Saban or Jimbo Fisher, who doesn't look so made right now, but that's a whole other point. But I think he wants to be one of these, you know, figures like how um Urban Meyer was in college. It's kind of revered, you know? If the I I I think you're right. I think if the but I think if the right NFL job called him. I think it's the right job called him, the right situation called him. He's going to go, go coach the Falcons after they fire him. In like no, no. If, if 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 Dallas called, if Dallas you, called in two years after Jerry, after letting go of McCarthy, you, you're touching on a bunch of things. So you're telling me Jerry Jones is not only not only <laughs> is going to fire hire a black head coach, he's going to hire Deion Sanders to be his head coach. You damn right. You damn right. You damn right. Ain't it no is about the, it's, it's about being being attention whores and shit. It's it's Ain't about no it's way. about the it's about the spectacle. It's about the attention. It's about the glitz and the glam, and 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 ESPN that that's explode. that side of things. ESPN would explode. It's about the glitz and the glam. 
They would talk about that all summer. The Dallas Cowboys would have to have the in-season hard knocks. They, they would have to have the the preseason no, and the they can't. They'd have to have. They wouldn't be able to have. Well, not they wouldn't be able to have it that first year because he'd be ahead. He'd be a brand new coach. So that's uh, like the rule. The they, whole they'd rules make of an it. Exception. They do it. They would make an but Jared Jones would be like, no, 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 no. You're you're coming. Make here. it happen. We're gonna apply again. But I I just the the whole spectacle of this Deion Sanders movement was just it was just crazy to me. Um, the reaction from everybody was it was visceral. Um, to the point where people that didn't talk, to the point where people that didn't talk about football, yeah, talked about this. People that people were like, "This is like a cultural thing," and I was like, "No, it's a football move. He he, he made a football move. It's a little bit of both you because know? black people, black people who are HBCU grads, and like I have family that have been to HBCUs, like Hampton and um, Hampton and Howard, and I know you have. You got people who went to Southern, right? Yeah, I believe, yeah." So, like, yeah. as a Southern fan, you're probably happy he's leaving Jackson State because of the rivalry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, they thought he was going to be the dude that's going to lift up swag. And now that other coach who was saying he's not swag and going on that rant don't look so crazy right now. But, <laughs> you know, Dion took an opportunity and saw it. And hopefully, what I take out of this is this. Jackson State was already selling out games. He elevated. They didn't need to be elevated. They have, listen, Walter Payton went to Jackson State. One of the greatest running backs in NFL history, arguably, whether he's your guy or Jim Brown's your guy or, you know, Terrell Owens or LaDainian Tomlinson or Barry Sanders, they have Walter motherfucking Payton as they, as they do. Like, he went mm-hmm. there. So if you're nice, you will go to the NFL from anywhere. It doesn't matter. Right. High school has somebody in the NFL. I didn't think Buffalo was going to be finding people. When I went to school there, we were going four and seven every year, going two and ten. We went 0 and 11, 0 and 12 our first year in FBS. Like, it's tough. It ain't easy, man. It's hard to convince people to come to these schools. So they didn't, they made him. They made him, like, he made them popular. He made them popular for a little bit, got them some little bit of money, you know, help out with the football program. But, like, they're a school. They have a data science program, PhD. Like, that's what they're about. They're Mm -hmm. educating people. Yeah, it's a really good school to go play football for, but, like, if you graduate from it, you get you know, you really make some real bread. Like that's what it's supposed to be about. But exactly. to, keep it, to keep it to sports, like they'll still sell out fifty thousand next year, even if he's gone. Not all yeah. the players are leaving. They might get a better coach. Maybe that dude knows how to run it. Who's there? He'll recruit and he'll promote them as well. They the thing really is that, it, that the thing is that everybody, no matter what, is going to, when they see a good a better opportunity. It's re- it's very rare to see somebody say, you know what, I'm gonna pass up the better opportunity to stay exactly where I'm at, and maybe he just didn't want to be, you know, chained down to that. He's well, gonna... it, I don't blame him for taking the Colorado job. Like that's 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 a, that's an amazing opportunity to pass up. Well, again, it's 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 about it's about commitment, right? How committed are you to the job that you you came into? You know, and and he talked a lot about commitment. He talked a lot about you know the job not being done. And and wanting to you know <clears throat> wanting to wanting to see this thing through, and you know not for nothing he got he what they were eleven and one last year last year what twelve and zero this year they went twelve and zero this year eleven and one last year they won the SWAC conference two years in a row, you know going away it's not like they were it was even you know it was in the bag you know um, for them, and you know for lack of a better term he he reached the pinnacle of the you know the fcs stage yeah. from his from his angle he reached that he, he you know this is a new 
a new challenge for him. This is a new opportunity for him because he's going into the Pac-12 and he damn sure, I don't give a damn how many, how many people, how many teams he's got or how many players he's got coming in. He ain't got the best team in the Pac-12 yet. It ain't happening yet. So, you know, it's going to take him some time to, to build that, to develop that. And let's see what he, let's see what he does. I, you know, but the funny thing about the, just the last thing I'll say about this is it's not like Jackson state was Dion's first choice when he decided he wanted to be a coach. True. He tried to get that Florida state job. He yeah. was on the list of those, of those of candidates for that Florida state job. Florida state didn't want to give him the job because he had no experience and he didn't want to be, and he, and he didn't want to be an assistant. He didn't want to. He didn't want to take the lumps of being somebody's assistant and going through the ranks and doing all that stuff. He wanted to be a head coach, out the gate. That's what he wanted to do. And there were not a lot of opportunities out there for him. And Jackson State gave him that opportunity. So what did Dion do? He went to being Dion. He got the job at Jackson State, and then he, you know, talked the big game. He talked it the way that he normally talked. He talked his shit. That's what Dion does, you know. So you know, if you watch the the. What I would say is like if you, if you don't just repeat, if you only pay attention paying attention to the the single move what happened this week last week yeah I get it but if you've been watching the entirety of this play out him leaving for Colorado was not a surprise in the least bit no at not at all not at all if you've watched how how Dion has operated over the course of you know those his entire time at Jackson State this is not a surprise at all. And so mm-hmm. that's that that's just how I felt about it. Well, I just gotta add this in here. Um, if he wasn't if he wasn't a black guy, if he was a black man, right? Uh-huh. And if he wasn't if he was just coaching at any other those, you know, big, big you know, big state colleges, whatever, still talking about, you know, we gotta be committed and everything like that, and then wind up leaving. And everybody's back of everybody's mind mostly would have been, oh, that was just coach speak. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. This is coach speak. When he was, yeah, yeah, it it was, it absolutely was. It was coach, it was coach speak with a with a um an underlying of um HBCU pride, um because that's the that's the piece of it that's that's different, right? You know, right. we were talking to somebody on online, talking to in in the chat room a few days ago. Yeah, a- HBC and HBCU to the people that are committed to the HBCUs is different than just a regular NCAA school. So if he had just did this, if, if Dion had did this to Colorado and left it, left Colorado to go somewhere else, it would have been what nobody, it it would have like rang, it would have rang out for like, you know, what regular news cycle, 24 hour news cycle. It would have been been the head coach through in and out in Texas. It would have been the same. It would have hit different. Right. Right. It's just the fact that he was at an HBCU school. He did a lot of that. He talked a lot about, you know, developing and building and um and, and about, you know, taking taking the HBCUs to a new level and, and being yeah. the leader of that and spearheading that. And people bought into it. And in the end, he showed himself to be Dion Freaking Sanders. And that's it. <laughs> that's really it. Um so yes, I do. I do think Ant, what he did wasn't wasn't special, wasn't special, wasn't different. But who he right. did it to is the difference. Is and I don't think it's like because he's black. Um, right, that hits, that hits it even worse. Right, like he's one. He's one of us, quote unquote. And I say he's not one of us. He's Deion Sanders. He's right. a completely oh. different. He's a he's a completely he is, he is his own person. 
he's his he, own person. No, he is. And what he he was useful at university because he showed them how much bigger it could be. And I think honestly, mm-hmm. any NFL player or former alumni of that school who wants to come back and coach, they should come let him do it. Because it can help him earn more money, it can help him get a bigger TV Agreed. deal. And it can help them bring them to the map. Now, my only issue is I don't understand why they're still not involved in the FCS playoffs. And I just realized because they have the celebration bowl, which is the SWAC and the MAC, MIAC. So I'm, I'm like the MIAC. I didn't realize mm-hmm. Hampton left for the Big South, North Carolina A&T left, and I think South Carolina State or some other school is going back down to Division Two. FAMU used to be in the MIAC, and so did Bethune Cookman. So they're still looking for I members to join. They are now. They didn't used to be. And now, okay. They didn't used to be. Yeah. So now the MEAC only has, which is the other HBCU conference, which has Howard in it, is still looking for members to join up. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody gives a damn about all of that. And, you know, they're talking about college endowments right. and how these schools are running and everything like that. Like, they're bringing more money to school, but it's football. It's sports. It's not supposed to be the focus of the university. We're not supposed, like, it's not supposed to be Alabama. You're supposed to be educating people. That's why it exists. Sports is fun. It's great. Ballad of Bands, Sound Machine, you know, Sonic Boom. I get all that, you know, like seeing Morgan State play Hampton at Giant Stadium all of them years at the Hampton Classic. I've been to all of them games. But, like, somebody else can come in and do this. Anybody else who wants to come in and coach, come let them do it. Elevate, elevate, mm-hmm. bring it up, especially at Howard in D.C. There's so many players in the DMV area who don't get opportunities where they can have come in there and get, get to going on that, who have to go to, like, programs like Marshall or, you know, they don't get a shot at Maryland. They end up, you know, not going somewhere mm-hmm. else. Build that yeah. up. Turn that into something. Maybe I could go FBS. I don't know. But that would be huge. I really believe that that could happen. Why not? Do it better and do it bigger. Go out and win an FCS national championship. Go out there and Deion show it. Showed that it <clears throat> Deion showed that it was possible. Now take it and 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 make something with it. That's I hope it. the media that let was him covering go be, him. Let him go do in Colorado. I hope all the media that was covering him goes and covers Eddie George at Tennessee State and goes and covers Hugh, um, Hugh Jackson down at Grambling and give them give them the same type of publicity. Have all of this, you know, mm-hmm. news swall- uh, swirling around the SWAC and swirling around the MEAC. There's more than just one conference. I just want to remind everybody. But mm-hmm. there's 130 teams in the FCS. OK, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of teams. In this there's, out two, there, so. there's two HBCU conferences. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two of them. All right. Uh, right on to the nfl playoffs and i know you got a lot to say about this afc who do you think is going to make the playoffs do you think the division leaders are going to be that's going to be kind of hard especially with the um when it comes to the afc east I have I still quite I'm still going back and forth with this one. I wouldn't be surprised Buffalo pulls it out, but it could be out of Miami or the Jets that take their spot too. As of right now, but um the number one seed is the Bills is holding on as the number one seed. KC's the number two. Let me see who, who else is here. Um Yeah, Baltimore at three. Baltimore's three. Yeah. Baltimore's yeah. three. Titans are four. Bengals are five, and quite you have rounded off with the Dolphins and then the Jets. It's going to be kind of hard, especially with um, Baltimore actually holding on to that three, that, that third seed now with um, Lamar Jackson, where he's going for the, the year, I think, right? Yeah. No, they said oh, he's, no, weak, no. he's weak to weak. He, it's a one to three week injury. 
So yeah. at worst, he comes back for the um for the finale at the end of the season. But his division, I guess, outside of the AFC East, it's the toughest one because they have Cincinnati right behind them. But they've already beaten Cincinnati. Cincinnati got the right. Cincinnati got the fifth seed. They could easily swap yeah. places and have you know the Bengals be the third seed and they be the fifth seed. But you never know. They may can even get knocked out altogether. You See, still got the, the Patriots and these other teams that still underneath waiting to come in. I don't believe in the Pats, man. Me I don't believe in the Pats making it. Like, if, like, in terms of picking games, like, I don't see so many games that Pats is winning this year, and let alone that, but against the spread at that. Like, I'm taking a lot of unders on these Pats games, and I think that's going to hit most weeks. I, I hit it last week, so it'll probably hit against this week. Yeah, and Tennessee's going to make it. Um, I believe yeah, Arizona. I they're playing Arizona. Yeah, no, they play Arizona on Monday night. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Tennessee has, you know, the easiest division. Kansas City's three games up on everybody, so they're going to win the division, but it's whether or not they can get the one seed. I don't know if they need it. Well, last year, Tennessee became like paper champions type of thing, and they won a folding in the playoffs. Yeah, but the run game is really kind of struggling right now, so I don't even know. They're going to limp into the playoffs with like maybe nine, maybe ten wins. It's so crazy how the beginning of the year, how all these teams have seemed so vicious and stuff like that, but now all of a sudden, you know, it's like it's like it's yeah. not even the same. You, you thought it was gonna be a very hard, hard conference to get out of, but I never expected teams like the Jets in it. Like <laughs> I gotta keep rubbing it in there. No, I mean, well, I, mean, I, don't, it, I, don't, I don't even know if we're gonna survive. We can and get out. Nah, because y'all are ahead of the Pats, so it looks like Miami. Three teams are gonna make it from the NFC East. It looks like Cleveland's not gonna make it unless something happens and they win the rest of their games. That's the only thing the Jets really have to worry about. But even then. The Jets are still two games up on them. Cleveland's five and seven. Your closest competition is really the Chargers, who's a game behind. I didn't see the Browns game last week. Did Deshaun Watson even play good? He did no. play. He didn't play good. He played though. He played terrible. They scored three defensive he touchdowns. Played. I was like, how are they scoring all these points? I've never yeah. seen a team play so bad on offense, and I see why they fired the GM in. Uh, I'm sorry, they fired the GM in Tennessee. They should have fired yeah. the GM in Houston. Oh, they that'd be nice. They're the worst team in the NFL. I've been saying it all year. Y'all were telling me earlier in the season, like, nah, they'll win the game again or something. I was like, no, they won't. I've seen <laughs> them, I saw them play two games. I was like, well, they are terrible. That game against the Bears, I was like, they should have won that. They're 1-10-1. How many weeks you got more to go? There are five more weeks left of the regular season. Damn, it's a long season. Because we got a 17-game regular season, and each team has played either 12 or 13 games. This is the last bye week with six teams on the bye. So we got a short uh, slate of games. Okay, so January 9th when we will find out when these guys these guys are gonna get fired at January 9th thing. Basically. Yeah. Black Black Monday. Yep. As they call it. But and yeah, then, I, I wouldn't be surprised these teams stay the same as far as how how they have it settled right now. But can you can you actually think think of one of these teams actually get out and get actually get out of the um mm. as as you know, as far as the mainstream predicted it? Even Buffalo doesn't seem like they're all that mighty as it was in the beginning. I don't see Miami. I I could see Buffalo not winning that division because I could see them losing to the Jets again. And I could definitely see them losing to Miami. Who they've already swept the Pats, right? They don't got to play the Pats anymore. So the, that division game is gone. Mm-hmm. And I got to check bu- the rest of Buffalo's schedule, but I know they got two division games left. I could easily see them losing to Miami because they got Miami at home. Oh, they got to play New England. I take that back. So they got the Jets. They got Miami and they got New England all at home. They have to go to Chicago and they have to go to Cincinnati. The only game that I know they're going to win is against the Bears and probably the Patriots. 
but they're only going to yeah, play Cincinnati's the starters. Be hard. They, they usually yeah. come up, they come in good at the end. And Cincinnati's going to need every single game to win that division because I think Lamar is going to sit this week, but I don't expect him to sit two weeks. And Cincinnati has to catch up to them, and they've already beaten them. So, and Lamar's going to come back for that Cincinnati game. You know, this is a team that had their Buffalo knows the that they have to win. Buffalo knows that they have to win every game to um, secure that number one seed, get their bye week, and host in the playoffs. And they know that, especially now that you know uh, Vaughn Miller's out, and they're still dealing with a lot of injuries on that on that on that that team. Like that, that's extremely important to this team. They need to get healthy, and they need to get that number one seed. They need to host these playoff games because. That's been their that's been their Achilles heel for the last couple of seasons, is they've had to go on the road for playoff games, and those are the games that they wind up losing. So if you're Buffalo, you don't have the you don't have the you're not afforded the opportunity to to let up. Um, they're gonna go full bore. At this this is gonna define what Josh Allen and that and that team is all about. These next five weeks are gonna define that. They have two division games or three division games. Um, to to finish out this to finish out the division, and they are, and and they absolutely have to, you know, win out to or at least they have to what they have to have finish with a at the very least a tied record with Kansas City, but they you know likely need to finish with a better record than KC in order for them to to host it. So, I mean, it's it's important. This is really important for them. The team that I the team that I'm just not I don't care about at all is this is the Titans. Like just don't care about them at all. They're Boring. the best. They're, they're the best team in the bad division. They, <laughs> I mean, there was a there was a conversation around um, the GM, the GM that got fired. Where basically he got <laughs> the, the conversation was that he got fired because they traded AJ Brown, and because he traded AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Um the coach did not want to trade AJ Brown and was pissed off that he got, that he traded that they traded AJ Brown. Um, and then AJ Brown goes out and basically, you know, craps all over the Titans in, in, you know, in, in that game against Philadelphia. And that's precipitated him getting fired because what you thought you, you because you just you didn't want to pay AJ Brown. You yeah. didn't want to pay AJ Brown the money that he deserved, that he earned, you know, while while a member of the Titans. You thought that you could trade for trade and you know replace him with a with a kid like Traylon Burks, who's not a bad player. I'm not saying by by no stretch of the imagination he's a bad player, but the decision that decision that you made has put the Titans in a situation where they are Derrick Henry or bust, and they're and they're just not a, not an exciting team. Nobody nobody believes that they're at seven and five. Nobody believes that they're worth the um you know worth the attention of the other division winners of the situation. Yeah, Traylon's not AJ Brown. He's not and he wasn't gonna be this year. Like that wasn't gonna happen. You know I don't think he'll be so, him in the future. It's it's very difficult to be that type of dude. Yeah. So you know the Titans are the team that I'm just not interested in. I'm very interested in seeing what the Bengals are gonna do um and seeing seeing how they gotta how they're gonna play up. And I want to see how this situation happens with the Jets and the and the Chargers. I mean, the Jets are one game one game in front, but the Chargers are extremely explosive, and you know that they can score, and you know that they can they they can if they get hot, 
mm-hmm. in this division, I imagine that they can they can they can try to run the table and get and get past the Jets. Yeah, them losing to scary. them losing to Vegas last week was did not make any sense to me. They shouldn't have lost, even though I picked yeah. Vegas to beat them. Um, <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me. They should not have lost that game. They found a way to lose that game. They just need to stop getting in their own way um, because the Jets are the Jets are reeling a little bit, um, and you know it's not it's not secured yet. So we'll see how we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, I'm afraid yeah. that I don't even think I don't even know if my Jets are gonna make it in on that because it's kind of scary looking at that team because the thing is that they're so deep and they're talented at certain spots, but it's like they don't even know how good they can actually be yet. And it's like they're just trying to figure it out. Even with the even with the quarterback, they don't really need the quarterback; they just need a competent quarterback. So you can leave it on that part. But as they far as for the Chargers, QB. they have a good enough QB. Yeah, that's all they need. They don't need the explosive type of QB. You know the 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 um Mahomes type of thing, but I was wanting to ask y'all um, have y'all heard about the rumors about Sean Payton is just sitting around waiting to see if the Chargers messes up? Like if the Chargers mess up this year, they fire their coach and they, you know they he'll try oh. to slide right in and take over. Uh, I thought that if Mike McCarthy didn't uh, take the Cowboys at least to the Super Bowl or the NFC title, that he was going to be getting fired. He was going to be taking over the Dallas Cowboys because he lives in Texas. There's one of those two, two type of things, but just think about that with him with, with over there with the Chargers. That'd be a problem. That could really That'd be a hell of a problem offense. right there. Yeah, because Herbert is already nice. And imagine him with a real offensive coach because as much as they, you know, Mr. Analytics always going forward on fourth down, trying to get an advantage of being aggressive, but like Herbert's Herbert can play. And everybody's upset that everybody's talking about Herbert, but he's a special quarterback and he's basically keeping the mm-hmm. minutes. Like his ribs are finally healed and he's playing pretty well. The fact that they're six and six at this point in the season is pretty good, considering Vegas, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh were all expected to be a little bit better than them this year, especially, especially Vegas, who has who signed a huge wide, you know, Devontae Adams is a huge signing. If there's any type of betting out there where Sean Payton will go, or whatever, yeah, definitely put me down for um for the Chargers. I'll definitely pick that. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys heard about the um, you heard about the um, him going to Cowboys. Dallas. Yeah, I mean, the idea is like this is Mike McCarthy's what third season. And every so. year they've been there, they've won. They they've pretty much won the division. Like last year, they won twelve games. Now this year, they're not going to win twelve games. Well, they could. They got. They've played twelve. They have five games left. They could go three and two in the last five games easily. They're nine and three, but you know Philadelphia is eleven and one, and I think Philadelphia could actually go sixteen and one. Minnesota's going to make it. They're pretty far ahead of everybody in their division. The interesting part in the NFC is will Washington catch Seattle? And will Detroit win enough games to push out the Giants? And will the yeah. Giants fold? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask Malik. Would that actually happen? You know, the Giants, don't, in my opinion, don't really belong there. But I wanted to see if you think his Lions would get in there. And if the Lions do make it, do you have to keep Jared Goff for another year? I think Jared Goff has earned enough um, credit to stay for another year, regardless of, of the situation. Um, I do think that I do think that the Lions, you know, use if they get this, if if the Rams continue to lose football games and continue to play horribly, and you know, this pick winds up being a first, you know, the first or second pick in the in the draft, um, you know, they have the Lions will have to look, will have to think really hard about whether or not to pull the trigger on a CJ Stroud or, you know, my personal preference would be Jalen Carter, um, or you know, or the other kid, um, the edge rusher. 
whose name escapes me at the moment. Will Anderson. Uh, Will Anderson. Yeah. You know, that would be my personal feeling because I just want to just continue to build the defense and, and get like get nasty on that side of the, that side of the ball. But, you know, they're going to have to think really hard about that. What I say is, as far as the Lions and making the playoffs, um, their last five games of the season, they faced Minnesota, um, then the Jets, then they have Chicago, they have Green Bay, and I believe the last game is against Carolina. I mean, they're, it's not, it's in that, not in that order. But I'm saying, like, their last, the last game of the season is, is in Green Bay, but they have Carolina, the Jets, um, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago. Um, I don't know that they can, I mean, as hot as they're playing, they can beat any one of those teams, you know, and, and it wouldn't yeah. be surprising at all. I mean, they're already, we're going to get into the game, the picking of the games, but the fact that they're favored against Minnesota as a 10 win team is, is incredible um, to say the least. I would, it would be difficult for me to see them overtake either Seattle, Washington, or New York at this point. They're still technically two games behind um, all of them. They won't overtake Seattle because Seattle beat them this season. Okay. If they were to end up with a with the same record as um, Washington or New York, they would get in. But... And so that's the piece. That's the piece that's like that's that I'm, I'm, you know. But they need to win two more games. It's not like it's not like they're that one game behind. The Giants got that's what that tie is. that the Giants that the, the Giants have and that Washington has is is the piece. They need to get to two more wins, and they need they can't have Washington and New York um, win more games. And Washington and New York still have to play each other one more time. Yeah. So unless they tie again, you know, like. like <laughs> Like to me, it's going to be really hard for the Lions to make up two, to make up three games in five. I can um, easily see Green Bay being out of the playoffs by the time they play them. And if Jordan Love is playing, I don't see how Green Bay's not even in the Green Bay. Green Bay's looking outside, outside looking in right now. Right, Green Bay's five and eight, and the Lions are five and seven. That's what I mean. Like Green Bay's five and eight, Lions are five and seven. What I'm saying is the Lions have to make up the two games to tie Washington or the Giants. Um, and, and they had to make up, technically they're going to have to make up three games on whichever team wins when, when those two teams play, because whichever, whichever, whoever wins out of those two teams is going to have an eighth win. So the mm-hmm. Lions have to make up those two to get there. Plus the eight, plus the additional win to get to eight, you're going to need nine, nine lines wins. They're going to need to win four of these next, these last five games in order to really have a, have a shot. And they have to go nine and eight. Can it happen? So, Absolutely, but I, I I wouldn't bank on it. So if the Lions pull out a Motown miracle this week and and beat Minnesota, and then um the Giants actually winds up losing because they play against Philadelphia, that can actually help out. Oh, it absolutely oh, would, and it would right, and it would put the, it would put both the Giants and the and the and Washington at seven five and one, and set up a situation where the if, if the Lions was again the Lions still have, would have to win two more games. And they have the Jets in New York, and and then they have the Bears and the line and the Bears and the Panthers and the Packers. So those games are all winnable, you know. But they need some help. They need some help. Yes, we were. What? Yes, we Jets were. Lions game. Yes, yeah, I should have been living in New York around this time or something like that, or we tickets or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were, but it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. We'll be we'll be watching. We'll be watching and. uh 
I won't be talking because you know I don't talk with my Lions play. So I don't, I don't oh, even. Yeah, y'all, y'all do a lot of y'all do a lot of talking when, <laughs> when you're playing against each other. I do not talk until yes, the game's over. I wasn't even watching the game. I was just seeing like updates on the red zone. I was like, damn, this is not going well. Ace is holding it down. <laughs> shit talking. Bro, all of the Bears fans. Listen, Zach Wilson's still sorry. That's all I gotta say. Um Oh, I, I was there speaking of him, Malik, yes. you're on a on the side thing here. What will happen? Would you be okay with the Jets trading Zach Wilson to the Lions for a second round pick or a third round pick? Oof. For what? I don't see. I mean, it's not to say that I have a problem with Zach Wilson. I just don't feel like he's. I think that his value as a if 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 you're trading Zach Wilson, it means that the Jets have completely given up on the kid. And then the question then becomes: Is he is he just is he just another Baker Mayfield? Is he just gonna like, you know? I'm saying, would you would you like him to be a Baker Mayfield on the Lions? No, because I mean, I look the, the Lions were never really in on him. You know, the Lions were never really interested in 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 bringing in in in, in Zach Wilson when he was going through the process. They didn't. They didn't. I don't think they interviewed him. Um, so I'm I would be very surprised if that happened because I don't think that the Lions had any interest in Zach Wilson. Well, and they had at that time. The Lions were. There was in the top. Zach there was, was the Zach Wilson's in his second year, right? Yeah, Zach Wilson. Yeah, so that was that was the Panay Sewell pick. So they had they had they had the seventh pick in the draft, which means they could year. have taken they could have taken um, Justin Fields and they didn't. Yeah, they could have taken Justin Fields, um, but they, they had just they, they had just well that's what I'm saying they had just made that trade for right. for golf like yeah they had just made the trade for golf and they had just just uh, gotten um, gotten rid of Stafford so they could have packaged those picks that they got from the Rams if they really wanted to move up. That there was talk about them potentially packaging those picks to move up and getting one of these quarterbacks that were available in 2020, either Fields or or Wilson or um okay. or Herbert or Herbert at the was Herbert was it no Herbert um no, no, who yeah. was the other who was the other guy Trevor Lawrence Trevor Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence right yeah. was like well, are the Lions going to do that are they going to make that aggressive move and and, Tua and as the well. and Tua, no, Tua right Tua, oh, no, yeah, Tua, Tua was, just, was Tua he was, was in the, the draft but he was still. He wasn't in the draft, but he was still available at the time. Because they were talking right. about the same time they were talking about the Watson trade around that time too. So you know, right. the conversation was about whether or not the Lions were going to make that aggressive move, and everything that I was heard was hearing was no. They were happy with where they were, and nothing's changed since then. And the fact that Golf is playing well and the Lions are winning winning football games now, I don't see a reason why they would make any kind of move. You know, I do think that they will they will draft a quarterback in the in the draft. I do think that they will do that. Really? Um, yeah, I think that's just the, I think that I think that's still the smart smart thing to do. Do you Especially, think the quarterback should be drafted from what you've seen in the college football season? Do you think I like Stroud? I like I like I like Stroud. I like Levis too. I think Levis has Levis is just a big, strong, you know country fed ass white dude like he's just he's just a big ass <laughs> like he's just he's just he's interesting you know i don't think i ace to your point i don't think there's a there is a you know lock him in start him week one quarterback here in this situ in this thing i think there are two at least two if not three top 10 available picks in this first in this first 10 10 selections 
but I don't think that they are ready to start right away. I think all of them have their, I, like to me, CJ Stroud has great arm talent. He is not the athlete that Justin Fields was coming out no. of Ohio State. But he has better um, accuracy. He has better accuracy. He can throw the hell out of the ball, and he's going to be a really good player. But he needs some time. Um, okay. I think I, I think uh, Bryce Young is a uh, is a Bryce Young's size is the biggest issue. Everybody's talking about how like like there's never be, there's never been a, a player of his size drafted as high as he's likely to get drafted. That's not so. True. His size he's, is going to be. He's still taller than Kyler Murray. No, no, no. In terms of size, size and and weight comparison, so he's uh, six feet. He's like six feet one eighty, um, is what he's going at right now. Kyler Murray was significantly thicker than him. Um, pause. Baker Mayfield, yeah, yeah, pause. But Baker Mayfield was a, was a bigger, was a bigger, stronger kid. They, <laughs> I think, I think they said the only the the comparison that um some I was listening to another podcast. The comparison that they made to him was. Um, basically he's like Seneca Wallace in terms of oh. his size. Okay. And Seneca Wallace was not drafted high. I believe he was a fifth round pick. Um, yeah, he but he selected. played a couple of years in the league and he could grow. I and, mean, but the way, the way they use quarterbacks now and his ability to run, I think would give Bryce Young and he makes really good decisions that, that I will give him like in college, he makes, um, he makes really good decisions. He just doesn't have the wide receivers this year. Although all of those guys right. on his team are four stars and five stars. So I don't know. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that there's definitely top ten talent, and and there's guys that are worth worth selecting. And the reason why I think Detroit makes the pick, just to kind of answer your question there, is because uh-huh. if you are the Lions and you believe that you are at a posi- you are in a position where this may be the last time that you pick this high for the the next few years, if you believe that you're going to yeah. be good you know this is the last year of this rams of of this uh matt stafford trade this is the last pick that you're getting out of this situation um and then if you believe that you're going to be like the rams pick i mean the lions pick currently is like 15 or 14 or something like that like their actual pick so if you believe that you're going to be you know making some big making some big headway in the next couple of years you're not going to have this opportunity two years from now, a year from now, to make this pick. The Rams, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that the Rams are going to be bad. Again, you don't have the, and you don't have the luxury of getting the Rams pick. You have this pick now, so make the pick, and then come up with your decision on what you're going to do with the quarterback situation. Got it. Talk of the Chicago Bears trading back. I'm going to speak on this from the number two pick. It only makes sense if they're able to get two top 20 picks, meaning they get a guy in their teens and they get a guy at the end of the first. The only reason why they would do that is so they could load up on the defense. But the difference is Will Anderson is likely to be their pick if they stay at number two, which they are currently right now. And this will only be the second time in the common era draft, which I believe is 1960-something, since the Bears have had the number two overall pick or a top two pick. Well, Usually when they're bad, they're not this bad. What's up? Which team will move up? Because they're going to move up for a quarterback. Which team will move up? It's the idea that Carolina will. Because Carolina has a bunch of players and a bunch of late round picks. And the Chicago would fall back to the second round and get two first round picks. A future first and their first. And the way this GM thinks is he would do that because we have our quarterback 
And if you can get multiple picks, he drafted a bunch of guys in the fourth and fifth and sixth round that are now playing offensive line for us. And the Bears offensive line is in the middle of the pack. So maybe he thinks he can keep identifying defensive players. The problem is we can't get any pressure right now because they gave their two best, uh, their two best defenders in the front seven. And the guys they have right now aren't playing very great. Although there's a guy who they picked up as a seventh round draft pick who's playing linebacker for us, who's been playing amazing, making Jack Sanborn out of Wisconsin, who went very, very late. I think he might have even been undrafted, who's playing amazing at linebacker, which is kind of surprising to me. But they need a better edge rusher. And Will Anderson is a special player. So I don't know, but there is talk they might drop back. Also, Green Bay is thinking about drafting a quarterback and them being as bad as they are. They could trade up to make sure that they get the guy that they want. But y'all better not y'all better not trade nothing with Green Bay. If they trap if if Green Bay drafts a quarterback, that'd be hilarious. Right? <laughs> it would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that'll make that, that love pick was gonna be really good then. Because they're gonna go to a wide receiver. And I think they have to make a decision on love because he's going into his fourth year, right? That's um, yeah, they've got to make a decision on whether or not they're going to extend him, but they're going to, um, you know, give him the extension. I do um, believe that Aaron Rodgers last season will be this season in Green Bay. Does he have any? I don't know if he has a no trade clause. I know his I know his cap hit is ridiculous if they if they trade him. Yeah, his cap hit is insane if they wind up trading him. So, hey, he no, they're going to trade him because if he gets traded before a certain point, he won't count against the cap. And this is always a team that believes they're a quarterback away, just like Denver did. <laughs> yeah, just like Denver did, and just like um, what's the name? The Browns did, and yeah, they don't have nobody. Exactly. <laughs> and when you're scoring three defensive touchdowns in a game to win a game, twenty-seven to uh, fourteen or thirty-four to fourteen, like one of the quarterback did that. Just How much? Two hundred and something million dollars is getting paid for that? Two hundred and thirty, guaranteed, right? Guaranteed. All that money is guaranteed. Yep, exactly. Yeah, which is why Lamar still hasn't gotten his deal because he's like, listen, everybody keeps saying they offered him two fifty, and I'm like, if they offered him two hundred fifty million dollars, you think he wouldn't have taken it? I would have been. T- exactly. He would have been took it. They never offered him more than um, I think it was one fifty. That is my that that is what I heard. I don't know. Yeah, if they're trying to lower that market back down. He hurt his knee, but without him, they will be terrible. So they better hope he is healthy as a horse. Because uh, if he's really hurt and it's really a problem, let me put this. Even if he's hurt or not, they will franchise tag him next year if they don't come to an agreement on guaranteed money. I think he gets up in the range of 180 to 200, but they're going to franchise tag him. He's He might pull a Kirk Cousins better himself two years in a row. I don't know. But the way he plays, it'd be kind of risky. So I hope Lamar Kirk Cousins is the highest paid quarterback, you know, as, as far as having money accumulated throughout the time, as That's- far as active. More than he Rogers. has more money than the rest of them. Yes, more than Rogers. Yeah, because oh, Rogers, I don't think Rogers' contract has completely, you know, it hasn't completely, it hasn't completely matriculated. Right. So yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins has gotten all of his money, you know. Damn, so to speak. All right, we're gonna get into these games, y'all folks. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Like, we That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's just ain't nothing else to say after that. Like he's getting paid more than Aaron Rodgers, was clearly better than him in the same division. Like Minnesota was like, I guess that's what we're gonna do. Um, we got the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Biggest spread of the week. The Jets are a 10-point underdog. The over-under is 43 and a half. Ant, I'm going to let you pick this one first. It was actually the second biggest spread, but um, oh, I said this earlier. That, I apologize. That's right. right. That's all right, but like I said earlier, um, the Jets is basically, you know, they very deep team. 
And the reason I said they're a very deep team is how many injuries they actually had that people don't really know about, because especially to the offensive line. But um, they still don't know how good they can actually be with their talent. They got both they, they got both candidates for rookie of the year for offensive and defensive side so far. And Coach Buffalo is basically Coach is supposed to be the the top of the, the you know the cream of the crop when it comes to the AFC this year. They're going to be without they're going to be without on their pass rusher. We were just talking about him earlier. Um, what's his name? I forgot his name already. Von Miller. Von Miller. I don't know why I forgot his name. He's two-time Super Bowl champion, defensive MVP. Yeah. But he's not with that with the Bills. Maybe that's why they didn't really care about him. But anyway, wow. he's not going to be there. Unfortunately for the Bills. This might actually, this is Mike White's, you know, this is supposed to be the so-called Mike White revenge game because you know, last year he played against, he actually played against the Bills and the Bills mollywhopped his behind. But um, he said he learned from that and, you know, he, he, he's going to be, he, he learned from that and grew and became a little bit better. Okay, all that gibberish I just said, I'm still going to pick the Jets because, you know, I'm a homer. So <laughs> if you don't want to follow along with me, that's all right. I'm going to still make this my, uh, my first lock of the week. I'm taking the Jets and I'm taking the points on this one. Make this my first unlock. All right. These are two very good defensive teams. Um, I believe the weather isn't going to be great in Buffalo. It's going to be somewhere around like the low 40s, a little bit windy. Um, I do believe that the Jets are going to have the advantage in terms of being able to run the ball. I actually believe they have the healthier defense and the better defense overall uh, because the situation with their like cornerbacks and like safeties in Buffalo is a bit of an issue. But at least it's a home game for them, so they don't got to travel. Ten points is too many points to give the Jets. Jets are going to cover. I don't know if they'll win the game. I think they might, but the Jets are going to cover this game. Giving them ten points is insane. They had one bad game last week. They blew out the Bears the week before. They should have, and they did. So the fact that they're winning the games they should, I don't think they're going to blow it out when they should either. Um, that being said, Buffalo is good, but they are not just world leaders just yet. I am not so sold on them overall as a team. Ed Oliver is an amazing defensive lineman. I do believe the Jets have the offensive line to be able to double-team him and neutralize him, knowing they don't have to worry about somebody from the outside. One of those other linebackers is going to have to step up and replace Von Miller as best as they can. But um, I believe the Jets should be able to cover this game, keep it within a touchdown, maybe a field goal, even if it's really, really close. And I'm going to take the under on this one. Go ahead, Malik. Malik, you're muted. Yeah, sorry, I was muted. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so interesting. Like this this number is so high for a team, for two teams that have, you know, one – we're running records. Both teams have a winning record. It's not like the Jets are coming in here, you know, three and eight or something like that, you know, three and nine or something like that coming in and just they're just just a horrible team. They're a very good team. And two, they beat the Bills already. So it's not even like the I mean, the Bills definitely, you know, there's a precedent here for the Jets to beat the Bills and and to to not just beat the Bills, but to play the Bills close. So to to take this 10, to give 10 points to the Jets here just feels disrespectful. I mean, like if it was six, I could see it, you know, even if you got up to say, even if, like, I think, I think the highest I would take this, I, would, I, would, I could take the bills that would be six, six and a half. Um, because I could see it. I could see a touchdown. I could see a, a 23, 17, you know, type of situation, 24, 17 victory by the bills or something like that. I just can't see how the jets wouldn't be able to cover this. One thing, the one thing that's been, been relatively consistent over the, these last three weeks is that um, 
Mike White got these boys playing. You know, he's got these boys playing. He's got this offense clicking. Garrett Wilson is playing well. You know, he's the 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 running game, even though they don't have Reese Hall anymore. And and uh the, the kid Michael Carter is doing all right. But then you guys got this new kid, Anthony. I can't remember his name. Um yeah, Bam Bam something. Is it yeah, Mag McKnight? Yeah, that Bam yeah. is his nickname, but he's Zonovic McKnight. Yeah. You know, I mean, every every time they bring somebody up, he's just somebody he's performing and they're playing well. So, you know, the Jets are the Jets are a sneaky, sneaky cover here for me. I'm not gonna lock them in, um, because obviously Buffalo does have the talent to to um to get to to get uh you know, get under the team skin and uh can make this game make this game go to two scores. But I'm gonna pick the Jets as well. We're sweeping this as a as a group. Um I'm taking the Jets and I'm taking the under the under two. All right. Yeah, I knew about Zonovic Nice's preseason. That dude was nasty in the preseason. Hmm. Okay. We got Cleveland at Cincinnati for the second game. Cincinnati is favored by five and a half points. The over-under is 46 and a half. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take Cincinnati. Uh, Deshaun Watson's second game back will not be an amazing game. Cincinnati's defense is locked in. They are at home. These teams always play very, very tough games. But if Cincinnati is going to win this game, I do believe they will win it by a touchdown. Jamar Chase is fully healthy. Um, player dropped last week. Was it T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd dropped an open touchdown pass, which is the only reason why that game was even close. I do not see that happening again this week. Cincinnati on offense and their offensive line have really, really improved. Now they lost to Wouzier at cornerback, but I do not think that will affect them because Cleveland really has one receiver you got to worry about. That's Amari Cooper. So with that being said, I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm going to lock this in as my first lock of the week. Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati too, but I'm going to take the over in this one. I don't believe in Deshaun Watson until he's actually proven himself. He's basically coming in in preseason mode while everybody else is basically gearing up for the playoffs. They should have – they basically – it looks like Cleveland should have just basically just benched him to next year and, you know, let them start proper away, but – I don't see nothing happening. Give me a couple of weeks with him to actually see he actually turns turns anything around. But as of right now, I can see a big loss with this one. So give me Cincinnati and over this one. All right, Malik. Yeah, we're sweeping this as well. The only interesting thing here, the interesting thing here is if is if you guys know Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns. Um, he has not beaten the Browns in his entire NFL in his NFL career thus far. But this is the game where he does that. This is the game where where I think it's only like, his third season, right? Yeah, it's only his third season. And so so he's 0-5 against the Browns in his career. Um, so I think that's just, just an interesting stat to, stat to consider. But Cincinnati is the better team. Um, they're playing better at this, they're playing better at this juncture. I know Cleveland won last week, but to you guys, to your point earlier, Ace, it was by, you know, basically by their defense, uh, their defense playing against the Houston Texans was basically what it was. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati is, is is clicking on all cylinders, and the word is that Joe Mixon might be back from his injury. I know Samaj P. Ryan, you know, has has filled in admirably um, for a couple of games while Joe Mixon was out. But Joe Mixon looks like he's going to be returning, so they're getting healthier um, and they're playing well at this time. And they need to win in order to stay to to, to keep keep up with uh, Baltimore because they want this division. So they, they want to definitely hold that down. And Baltimore's got a tough game coming up soon, so coming up as well that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to take Cincinnati and the over as well. Um, I feel like the, the Bengals can get, get this, get the, get the number to at least uh, in the, in the high twenties. And 
I want to see what Deshaun Watson has. I mean, two weeks in now, I mean, he, he wasn't able to practice with the team. He wasn't able to play with the team for 11 weeks. And now he, this is his second straight week, his second straight week, and they don't have a long way to travel. This is you know, still going to be some Browns fans, a bit of a Cleveland crowd there. Um, so hope, hopefully that helps him kind of get more comfortable with with running the offense and stuff. And that Houston game was just a really difficult one. Obviously, that was a, a you know uh, the comeback game for him or the you know, his first game back against his old team was probably really difficult just as, as well. So I think I think you get a better version of Deshaun Watson, but it's still not enough. Cincinnati in the over for me. Yeah, like I said, I got to see it first. Yeah, I understand what you're talking about, but I got to see. You're going to have to show me, and Cincinnati's defense has been playing real well. The fact that they could do what they did against Patrick Mahomes, I don't see how Watson has a chance, to be honest. That's that's really what I'm basing this off of. Houston at Dallas, the biggest spread of the week, 17 and a half points. Houston is getting going into Dallas, short trip for them, 44 points over under. I'm going to take the over on this, but I'm going to take Houston. 17 points is the largest spread I've ever seen in an NFL game. It was like a college spread. Um, it's crazy. Wait, you taking Houston? I'm taking Houston to cover. I'm not locking it in, but I am taking Houston to cover. Not to win, to cover. Uh, I think they can lose by two touchdowns. I think that Dallas is going to kind of sleepwalk through this game, and they're going to take it easy. And Houston is going to try with everything they have. And even then, they're still going to lose, but they're not going to lose by 20 points. Go ahead, Ed. I think Dallas is going to take Houston and put them over their knee and beat the shit out of them. So I'm going to go with Dallas and over in this one. This is going to beat down next. (laughs) Come on now, man. This is is, Houston's not a real NFL team right now. I can't even argue against that. Go ahead, Malik. You know, the interesting thing is, like, I think I think Indianapolis is better than Houston. And Dallas beat the snot out of, <laughs> out of, out of Indianapolis. I think, you know, they, they, they probably feel like they're, they're – Dallas probably feels like they're really close. And if they can just hold for it, um, they want to position themselves to be able to um, – to make those games against Philadelphia really mean something. And so because of that, they're going to win. They're going to win. And they, they, they need to win. They're going to win big. Barring injury, I see no reason why Dallas doesn't 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 take take them out. I'm going to take Dallas, and I'm going to take the over as well. Um, and I, yeah, I want this game. And, I, and I'm actually – I'm going to be bold. I'm going to lock this in. I'm going to lock in 17 and a half points. I would never do this. If this was my money, I'd be, wow. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't put money on this here. But I'm going to lock this in because I think Dallas – is the type of team that's going to you know th- this is the type of game where they play really really well because you got to get them to the point where next week they got a good they got a big game and that's the one where they're gonna where they're gonna you know lay, lay the egg but this one i think they'll i think they'll be all right i actually think that's a good idea because the thing is they think about this thing if you did that to indianapolis last week or whatever you think just think what you're gonna do to a team that's in your home state that's taking away your fans ever since they popped up like i mean they've what won a- they, they they've won their last four the last four Dallas victories. Okay, they beat Detroit by eighteen, they beat Chicago by twenty, they beat Minnesota by thirty seven, and they beat Indianapolis by thirty five. In between there, they had one that one loss to Green Bay, um, and then they they were ten point favorites against the Giants and won that game by eight. So they've been covering spreads over the last five or six weeks pretty easily. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not to say that it's not to say that that, that they're Im- impossible to do this. They they absolutely can do this. And they're showing that they have the ability to score on anybody. So if you think Houston is and Houston hasn't covered in six weeks. No, they have one cover in six weeks, which was that game against Philadelphia. That is correct. And if they can keep it close with Philly, they can keep it close with anybody. That is my agree. Opinion. It's a possible. It's, it's definitely possible. I don't get a I, lot of help on the point. It's seventeen. It's seventeen and a half for a reason. They that Vegas needs people to bet on this. And if it was any lower, if it was at fourteen, the entire world would be on Dallas. The fact that it's seventeen is what makes this an interesting seventeen and a half is what makes what makes this an interesting play. It might hit and don't be surprised if it goes up to eighteen. In the next exactly, it really it really wouldn't be be shocking if it's eighteen or nineteen by Sunday. Yeah. Next up, we got Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit is favored by one and a half points. The over under is fifty one. Malik, good. So, I I'm extremely happy that we're at this point where Detroit actually is, is allowed to be favored at home against an, against an opponent of Minnesota's quality. This is not, this is not, I'm not used to this happening um, <laughs> at all, you know, um, but this is good. The Lions are playing really, really well right now. Um, there's a lot of health um, on this team. Uh, DeAndre Swift is healthy. Even though you've showed up on the injury report today, this feels like more like maintenance type of situation. But he's healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy. We got Jamison Williams um to play last week. He didn't really, he didn't do much. I don't think he's gonna factor into any 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 make any real headway, maybe until later on in the season. But even a guy like DJ Chark um, you know, came in and, and played well. If we had gotten a chance to record last week, I would have said that the Lions were going to beat the snot out of beat the snot out of Jacksonville. And I would have been right. Um, so I had definitely had picked them. I'm going to pick them to, 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 to beat the breaks off of the Minnesota Vikings too. I don't think this is a close game. I think, I think, I think that Minnesota comes in here and, and, and that first half, that first half against Minnesota, the first half that we played against Minnesota last, you know, was it week three or whatever. Okay. We were up on this team, 21, three, we had them, Dead to rights, in all honesty. Amon Ross St. Brown gets hurt. And that Amon Ross St. Brown gets hurt. DeAndre Swift gets hurt. DeAndre Swift got hurt er- earlier in the game. And then Amon Ross St. Brown gets hurt later in the game. And that's when the wheels came off for Detroit. That game to me started the slide that the Lions started where they just started to go straight downhill and, and, and eventually ended up at one and six. Uh, where where they where they wound up being before they started making this comeback, this is a huge game for the Lions, not just for their playoff hopes, but just to show that they are as good as, um, if not as good as any team in their division, and this is the team to beat. Minnesota's got ten wins this season. Their point differential, their total point differential in ten in in a, in a ten and two season is ten points. They play games close. They don't play games. They don't they don't blow teams out. This is not so. I think this is going to be. This is set up as a as a really good game for the Lions. I think the Lions win this game outright. I'm taking Detroit and I'm taking the over in this. All right, I'm locking in Detroit as well. That's my second best bet of the week, and I'm going to take the over because there's going to be a million points in this game. Detroit may play some defense, but um, I think Justin Jefferson is probably going to have a big game. I'm kind of counting on it because he's on one of my fantasy teams. I expect uh, Jamison Williams to contribute something because they're going to be worried about Amon Ross St. Brown, who's real deal. 
And as long as DeAndre Swift can stay healthy between him and Jamal Williams, I think they're going to be a problem. So I'm taking the Lions because this line opened up the Lions getting one, and it has shifted to the Lions minus one and a half. So all the money's coming in on the Lions, and the money early came in on the Lions and moved it over. So I'm taking the Lions as well. Go ahead, Ed. It is one thing that Malik said is definitely very true that, that oh, Minnesota likes to play things close. Uh, I definitely know that because that's how I saw it last week with my Jets when it was playing against them. And it was, the announcers even announced it during the Jets game that both the Jets and Minnesota, you know, like to play things close or whatever and, you know, hopefully win out at the end. But Minnesota, of course, they're the kings of doing that. The Lions are a different breed right there. So I'm going to go with Lions with the beatdown, and I'm locking that in as well. This is going to be my second lockout of the week. Give me the Lions in the over, way over, way over. They're going to beat the shit out of them. And this is going to be the Detroit miracle that starts everything for them to get in the playoffs. You can count that as my other lock if we had a six, a special lock. I'm, I calling, mean, it, I'm calling it now. Lions are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, well, we not say it, but Lions going to be in the playoffs. I won't say it. You know I won't say it. You know I'm not going to say it. Look, I just want to – just the last thing. was What I say when I talk about the point differential – and and Minnesota having a 10 plus 10 point differential. First off, it's the highest, it's the lowest point differential of any team in the in the NFL playoffs right now. Secondly, they beat the Jets by five, which means that before that, it was, it was five. It was a five. Okay. No, they had last week, it, was, it was negative. It was it was so, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, oh no, it was five points positive. I'm it was sorry. five points positive, meaning yeah. they had won nine games by a total of five points. This team is on the precipice of just cracking in half, and at some point in time, it's got to happen. I think it's going to happen this week. But if you actually saw, if you actually saw the full game last week of Minnesota versus Jets, Jets actually came back on field goals. They did. It was, coming, now, just think about the Lions where it can actually score touchdowns. They, that team can score touchdowns. It would have been a blowout if it was the Lions versus the Minnesota last week with those driving up and scoring. Touch, it would have been touchdown scoring instead of field goals to get up there. This is definitely going to be a beatdown. Anybody who's listening to this right now, the 15,000, you know, the millions and millions of other people that's going to be afterwards, are y'all listening to this right now? Go out right now. Put the put the chips down right on the lines on this one. And like I said, the lines are going to be in the playoffs, so put some chips on that too. All right. Y'all, make, y'all making me lock this in, and I wasn't going to, but y'all making me lock this in. I was, well, I locked I, it in. You've been locking it in too. Y'all both locked it in. Y'all got to make me lock this in. lock it in. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville is – Getting four points to Tennessee, the over-under is, is 41 and a half. I think this is going to be over. I don't think Jacksonville's defense is very good, but Tennessee's is. I think Tennessee is going to be able to run all over them. And if Trevor Lawrence has a chance to win this game, I don't know. He's been off and on every other week. He is uh, nursing an injury, so I'm not even sure he's going to play. So I expect Tennessee to just kind of knock him out. But Tennessee doesn't really ease up when they're trying to score. Um, expect Derrick Henry to have a big game because they've been trying to shut him down every week. So if there's an over-under on his yards, I would definitely take the over on that. Um, actually, you know, let me take the under on this because if, if Trevor Lawrence is hampered by any way with Tennessee's defense and how they play football, they're going to hold him down. Give me Tennessee to win this one. Yeah, it is. Um, don't Trevor Lawrence sound and, and looks like um like Ken Dolls, you know, a Ken Dolls, you know, best friend like he's supposed to be in those Bobby Dreamhouse things. I don't know why they just snap in my head. He just don't look like a, a quarterback to me. But anyway, this is the <laughs> long, silly, this hair. Yeah, this is the so glow hair and everything like that, a little flowing and all that. I don't know. But anyway, let me just put that to the side. That, that was stupidity. I just had to put that. I just it just came up in my head. But I called Tennessee a paper champions. Earlier, when we were talking about the playoff pitches, whatever, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to stick with that. Give me Jacksonville in the under. 
I think the Jacksonville can actually beat them in there and prove to to the world that Tennessee doesn't really belong in the playoffs. Hmm. All right, Malik. One thing about the Jackson about the Tennessee Titans is that we know we know is that they're a one-dimensional team. Um and if you can if you can stop Derrick Henry or slow Derrick Henry down long enough and force Ryan Tannehill and that offense to to you know to score against you, um, you can make something happen. I didn't see much with respect to the Jacksonville Jaguars offense being able to score. Um at any high level. And I think part of the reason was because of the injury that Travis Etienne uh, suffered uh, early on, early on in that game against the lions um, prevented them from being able to exploit the, exploit the game from that perspective. Derrick Henry over the last four games has, has rushed for has averaged 2.79, 3.1, 2.2 and 2.7 yards per rush. He is not getting it current. He's not currently getting it done. Um, Jacksonville's run defense is towards the bottom of the end of the NFL. Um, I'm sorry, their, their run defense is actually somewhere in the middle of in the middle of the NFL. Their pass defense is really bad, but we don't have to worry about that as it, as it pertains to the um, <clears throat> the Tennessee Titans, at least not this year and not with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to pick Jacksonville to cover the four. Um, I don't think they win the game, but I think they cover the four. I think they keep this game relatively close within the number. So I'm going to take Jacksonville and the under as well. All right. Next up, the last 1 p.m. game. We got Philadelphia at the New York Football Giants. Philadelphia is a road favorite, getting seven and a half points. The over-under is 44 and a half. Just on the strength of the Giants are getting over a touchdown at home, I'm going to take the Giants. I'm not locking it in. I that All year, home dogs have been covering at 56% of the time. I cannot go away with that, even though I believe Philadelphia is going to win this game. I don't know what the Giants are going to do to win this. I know that Philadelphia is going to come in, try to destroy this team right away. Jalen Hurts is playing like an MVP candidate. This really doesn't make any sense for me, but I believe the New York Giants defense is going to find something. They don't even have any wide receivers healthy. And I don't have much faith in Darius Slayton against Darius Slay. You know, the battle of the Dariuses. Slay is probably going to win. Um, I don't know how they're going to throw the ball, but I guess they're going to have to run for 300 yards. So go G-Men. You're going to have to cover somehow and keep this within a touchdown. Maybe you're just going to make the game real ugly and Philadelphia wins 13-6. to six. Go ahead, Ed. I think he's just doing that because for LeVon, who's not here. But I'm going to go with, with everything that you spit out. I'm just going to go with the logical part here. I'm taking Philadelphia in the over. Giants don't have – you said it. Giants don't have nobody to throw to. They don't have this. They don't have that, whatever. Don't know what this, that, they don't. We know Philadelphia is on a roller coaster right now, steamrolling people. You have Eagles fans like your brother going fly, Eagles fly on the side, being all quiet about it. But, you know, why are we picking the Giants here? Because LeVon's not here? I mean, I guess you're helping them out, but – I'm gonna go with Philadelphia and make this my my um my third lock of the week and um give me the over. The Giants are five and two against the spread at home, and the Giants are in their last ten games seven and three against the spread. The Eagles, on the other hand, are one and four against the spread on the road. So the Eagles could win this game but not cover. That's why I'm taking the Giants and I'm taking those seven and a half points. Oh, okay. So you didn't do that out of sympathy for Levon not being here. Anymore, oh no! Right? If they weren't getting seven and a half points, I'm not taking the Giants. If the Giants were getting <laughs> like three and a half or four and a half. They would lose this game exactly by a touchdown. Yeah. Okay, so you have some type of logic behind your. your oh thing. yeah, it's, it's the seven I'm, points. It's the seven. I'm points. still picking the beat down though. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah. The Eagles are are 
the type of team that yeah, I think the Eagles are at a are at a point in their again in their in the way that they've run their their team. They're at a point right now where they just they just want to win games and 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 come out come out of these games healthy. The Giants have a lot to play for here. The Eagles, not so much. Um, they're gonna close out their season against uh Chicago. They have Chicago next week, and then they have that big showdown against the Cowboys, which will likely mean the division, um, division division title there. And then they have the Saints, and then they have the Giants again at the end of the season. So this is the first of two meetings coming up with the Giants. Um, so I, I you know, kind of, I kind of lean ace in ace in your direction there about giving taking the Giants with just to cover the spread, um, because the Eagles are gonna win the. I think the Eagles win the game, but I don't think that they, I don't think they they go out there and try to just you know you know dominate against the Giants. And I also think that the Giants, you know, have shown already that, you know, over the course of the season, they've shown the ability to keep games close, to keep games within the number, um, to steal. They've stolen a couple of games that, that people didn't think that they should, that they would steal, that they would, could steal. And with the exception of that game against the Lions uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the Giants, you know, have, again, stayed in pretty much every game. You know they stayed they stayed within the number against Dallas in Dallas. Um, they obviously tied tied with Washington last week. This you know staying them staying in the number within the number against the Philadelphia Eagles is not beyond the realm of possibility. So I'm going to take the Giants the Giants here as well, and I'm going to put in I'm going to put in and put it in as the under because um, I just feel like the Giants gonna are gonna need to they need to play hard they need to play well they need they still they still have a lot to play for, and they know this they know this Eagles team. They know this Eagles team very, very well. So they, they should be able to stay with them. All right. Last 1 p.m. game of the week. We have Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Always a great game. Baltimore is leading the AFC North. They are getting two points on the road. We do not know if uh, Jamal, Jamal, Lamar Jackson is going to play. Most likely, I don't believe he will. I think he's going to have to sit out this one. Um, he's been limited all week in practice. I think he had a limited practice today on Thursday. I think he sat out practice Tuesday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I think we just getting treatment then. I am taking Baltimore to cover. I'm going to lock this game in. Uh, Pittsburgh is terrible against the spread. They are 2-2-1 two, two and one at home. Baltimore, for some reason, is winning all their games on the road. And being as this is a road game, even with Tyler Huntley, they found a way to win last week. They were giving up nine points to Denver, which is why it's a Denver. But they're getting points this week. But Tyler Huntley, I think he's the best quarterback in the game. I don't think Kenny Pickett knows what he's doing. I expect them to play terrible. I expect Baltimore's defense to step up because they're going to carry this team. And I'm going to take the over on this because the over-under is 36.5. I do not think there's going to be a 16-13 game. There will be 20 points scored by one of these teams. Hopefully it's Baltimore. I will be correct. I'm locking in Baltimore. Go ahead, Ed. Well, I'm going the other way. What's saying the quarterback might not know what he's doing right now, but definitely the coach does. So I think they could actually steal this game here and you take advantage of Lamar Jackson not being there. But this is going to be a very close game. So I'm going to – I believe it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I'm just going to take Pittsburgh here and I'm going to take the under in this one. I'm not going to lock it in, but this is going to definitely be a battle. These two teams know each other. You can't just, you know, brush that aside. So – and Pittsburgh basically faced Baltimore last year without – I believe they did face them last year without um, Lamar Jackson being there. That is correct. Yeah, they lost yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah so they, they know how to go through it. But anyway, give me Pittsburgh and the under. Oh, all right. Sorry. 
Yeah, I'm 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 rolling with Joanne on this one. I'm going Pittsburgh in the under as well. Um, the, the last seven of the last ten games that these two teams have played against each other have got have, have have been decided by a touchdown or less. Um, I think this this these two teams just know how to play each other well. They know how to keep the games close, and I feel like the addition of T.J. Watt has really made a big difference for the Pittsburgh defense. So I expect them to play to come out, play well, play hard, put. Put Baltimore and um, Tyler Huntley in in a situ in situations where he has to he has to you know throw the ball down the field, and we still not seen much from Baltimore's receiving receiving core. Um, uh, Mark Andrews has not been the same same player. He's been battling injuries over the course of the season, and the the receivers Duvernay and 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 the other the other gentleman whose name escapes Robinson. me at this point, Robinson, um, have just not been explosive. Um, the, the biggest concern I have really with Pittsburgh is, is Baltimore's defense. Baltimore's run defense has been phenomenal since Roquan Smith, uh, since Roquan Smith got to town. Um, and that's how Pittsburgh has been able to, you know, play, play well and, and, and you know, frankly, win um, by basically keeping the ball in Najee Harris's hands and not and you know not forcing Kenny Pickett to have to do too much. I think that's gonna I think that's not gonna be the case here. I think he's gonna have to do a little bit more to to put Pitt put Pitt out in front. And I think he does it. I think the kid shows shows something and and you know you know puts puts the team on his back a little bit and uh and and makes makes just enough plays to win this game by three. So as long as this number stays at two and a half, I'm confident that Pittsburgh's gonna win. So I'm gonna lock them in uh Pittsburgh and the under with my lock. And last thing is I think that aside from all the playoff talk and everything, to me, the most interesting story that I'm following over the you know, over the course of the next five weeks is Pittsburgh's pursuit at uh, you know, continuing Mike Tomlin's uh, trend of never having a losing season. Um, if he doesn't lose, if they can, if they go three and two over the next, um, you know, I'm sorry, if they go four and one over the next five games, uh, he gets to finish at nine and eight. It can happen. So I'm, I'm paying, I'm paying attention. So let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it happen. Um, Pittsburgh and the under for me. All right. Next up, we have the best team in the AFC West against the worst team in the AFC West. Kansas City at Denver. Denver is a home dog getting nine and a half points. Over under is 44 and a half. I'm locking in Denver getting nine and a half points. They came through for me last week getting nine and a half. I'm going to take them again getting nine and a half. This defense, even after trading Bradley Chubb as one of their best defenders, is still holding teams to, I think it's 16 points a game. Denver may not be able to score, but they can kick three, four field goals in a game, and 12 points would be enough for them to cover. I am not betting them to win. If they won this game, that would be shocking. But I do expect them to cover. Give me Denver. Lock them in. Um, They need to fire the head coach. They need to fire the offense coordinator. And after that, I don't know who they hire. Maybe they can get Sean Payton and figure it out. But something's got to change. Go ahead, Ann. Well, this this should have been the game that had been flexed to a Sunday night or whatever like that type of game. But I don't know what happened here on Denver side, but they got a good defense or whatever. But still, that spread in my opinion should have been a little bit higher. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Casey in this one. I think there's gonna be another beat down in here. This is the reason why they're not flexed into Sunday night's game. I don't know what time they play. I don't really care. But anyway, this is gonna be Casey beat down and put another. Yeah, that's the reason why I don't care because the Jets play earlier and after that I take my naps and then I come back afterwards. I can watch a real game. But anyway, um, give me Casey and give me over this one. 
And no, I'm not going to make this my lock. I'm going to save that for another couple of games. All right. Next up, we got oh Malik. Go ahead. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't want to watch this game. Just like, just like Russell Wilson probably doesn't want to watch it either. Um, <laughs> um Casey's, I think Casey should win this game pretty easily. Um, Denver played really, really well against Baltimore, but I honestly think that if Lamar Jackson had actually been able to play the entire game, um, it would have been uh, you know, the game, the game might not have been as close as it was. As as it was, Denver had the lead almost all the way through until um, you know Baltimore was able to score late and and, and win that game outright. Um, I don't see Denver uh, being able to slow down the Kansas City offense if the offense can get clicking, and Kansas City needs needs a bounce back. They need a bounce back win after losing that game against Cincinnati um, the way that they did. Nine and a half points is a lot of points to give any team in this situation, especially a team at home. Um, but Denver is also without Cortland Sutton. Um, so they're, they're down to, you know, they're, they're down, they're down, you know, players on the outside. Um, I just don't see where, how, how, how Denver scores any points, even though Casey's defense is not very good. I don't see how Denver, how Denver scores enough points to stay within the number. If you're telling me that if you're telling, well, I'm just saying, if you're telling me that Casey wins, Casey wins this game, 21, 21, 10, I wouldn't be surprised. That's, I mean, that's not, that's like, to me, that doesn't even feel like a, that doesn't feel that difficult, you know? So I'm going to take KC um, to cover, to cover the nine and a half points. I don't feel good about it. I'm not going to lock it in, but I, I can absolutely see a, a, you know, a 10 point, 10 point victory, uh, you know, and end up pretty, and end up pretty easily for this team. So give me, give me KC and, uh, and the under. All right. Next up, we have the second four o'clock game, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Tom Brady is rumored to go play next season. San Francisco is get, giving three and a half points to Tampa. The over-under in this game is 37 and a half. San Francisco's defense is playing the best defense I've seen since the 2000 Ravens. That's how good this defense is. They may actually be able to win this game with a quarterback. I didn't expect to have play a game this season. Brock Purdy. So that being said, I have to take San Francisco. Tampa Bay always somehow finds a way to come back and make it close. But if they can keep this with a field goal against San Francisco, I'll be kind of shocked because their defense isn't really playing that great. But Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback, and they have a defensive coordinator and head coach, so they should be able to do something. But I just don't have – I have more faith in San Francisco's defense than I do in anything Tampa Bay does well. I can easily see Tampa Bay losing this game and getting into the playoffs with a losing record at like 8-9. and So give me San Francisco. And I'm not going to lock this one in, but give me San Francisco to win this one. Go ahead, and I'm going to take the under on this. This will be a 13-3 game. So you got Mister Irrelevant versus the man in the arena, and you're you're going with San Francisco in this one. I'm going with San Francisco's defense over anything that Tampa can do. That's what I understand. I'm going to go the same. Way. <laughs> I think I'm going to go the same way. I, I, it's kind of hard not to pick against um to pick against Tampa Bay against in this one because you know this is Tom Brady here and uh, it's very hard. But um, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm still gonna go against it just because just because you picked San Francisco, I have to you know mix it up a little bit you know so I can keep you know being it. above you and stuff ahead. like that. I can get ahead. Yeah, that's what you think, but you know you know that's not me tricking you there. But anyway, um. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay and give me the under in this one. I have to go with the man. I have to go to the man with the rings, the man who, who's basically considered the goat. Over, yeah, San Francisco got a nice defense, but they still starting Mister Irrelevant, and sooner or later, he's gonna get exposed. Oh, Mister Irrelevant's very, very relevant this week. Go ahead, Malik. Um, the interesting thing about the San Francisco situation is, um. The even though we're going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, I don't think and, and you know watching the game the game that you know uh, that he played last week, I don't think that the game plan changes all that much for San Francisco. It's probably why they didn't um, make a move to acquire Baker Mayfield or anybody else. Um, you know when 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 Baker was was released by the um, by the Panthers earlier this week because they know what they're going to do. They're going to hand that ball off to their running game. And they're mm-hmm. going to get the ball into the hands. They're going to get the ball in the hands of guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle in the short area passing game and let those guys do what they got to do. Christian McCaffrey has been here for, uh, you know, about four weeks now. This is, you know, he knows Tampa Bay, you know, he's accustomed to playing against them. He did it twice a year, every year in Carolina for all those seasons. So this is not a new situation, a new circumstance for him. So I don't see, I don't see any reason why San Francisco shouldn't beat, shouldn't beat the beat Tampa Bay pretty, pretty easily. And Tampa Bay did not show me anything uh, outside of Tom Brady. You know, if you, if you give Tom Brady any extra time on the clock, he can beat you, but they were beating, they were getting beat pretty soundly by the, by the Saints all game until, yeah. until, you know, the, the Saints gave that game away. Um, Tampa Bay, you know, looks like the type of team, the type of conservative team that, you know, sure, you could beat them if, if you're, if, if the, if the, the talent is matching up, but San Francisco's the better team. Um, and they played better all year. Uh, Tampa still has some some questions around Leonard Fournette and the running game uh, there. So I would absolutely expect to see um, the San Francisco 49ers win this game outright. And so I'm going to pick them to cover the three and a half. I want San Francisco and I want the over. Yeah, before you move on, I might have to change my, my bet because I just remember something nope, popped in my head. I'm reminded. I didn't lock it in. <laughs> I just yeah. remember something popped in my head. It's like Tom Bowles, Bowles is the coach and he's a horrible damn coach. I don't give a shit. Wow. <laughs> people want to support him whatever he's a horrible coach so i'm switching my pick over <laughs> give me on san francisco in the under this one. Oh wow all right next up we got carolina at seattle the game that nobody will be watching except for the people who unfortunately live in south carolina north carolina and washington and oregon gino yeah. Give me Seattle. They are going to win this game easy. The line opened up at six. Sometimes a bunch of people jumped on that for Carolina. I don't see how Carolina can cover this game. Um, Seattle is five and five against the spread. No, the, five against the, five and five against the spread all season. Three and two at home. Carolina is pretty terrible. Uh, Sam Darnold is going to be starting a quarterback for them. I don't believe in him. They are zero and five on the road, which means they haven't won one road game all year. So why they're only getting four points, I don't understand. Seattle has shown to be able to beat good teams, beat bad teams, and Carolina's a bad team. They are 4-8 and overall, which is kind of inflated a little bit in the records. They played a couple of really good games against Atlanta, but they always find a way to lose, like in that Atlanta game. They should have tied, but they lost the extra point because their kicker missed basically a a 38-yard field goal. Uh, give me Seattle. 
lock this one in. This should be an easy one. This is the game that I'm actually going to be putting on the ticket. So if you guys are watching on Instagram, paying attention to anything else I do, take that there. Go ahead, in. This 2014 versus 2018 former Jets top picks. Wow, I can't believe I, I can't believe you're seeing this. It's the battle of the ages of the quarterbacks that became bust. But Geno's turned himself around. Maybe in 10 years, Sam Donald will change himself around. He, he already survived the Baker Mayfield thing. I can't believe that Baker Mayfield got out of there faster than Sam Donald. I, I mean, the Carolina, Carolina's debacle, but I wouldn't be surprised um, Sam Donald follows this. But watching this mighty bout, I'm going to definitely go with Seattle. They have the better coaching, better infrastructure, everything around it. Carolina is just basically just tanking just for the end of the season, unfortunately, for the players and the coaches that's there. So I'm going to go with Seattle in this one. Give me Seattle. Give me the under in this one. And this is going to be, what, my fourth lock? Yep. Yeah, it's your fourth lock. Yeah, yeah this yeah. will make my fourth lock of the week on this one. Unfortunately, what they can only be one former Jet, jet player. They can only be one. And that's going to be Geno. All right, Malik. You got look, man. Look, I mean, and you better better be careful if Zach Wilson doesn't work out. Dude, we'll be we'll be riddled with a we'll be riddled with a bunch of teams that have a bunch of old jet quarterbacks. Hey, <laughs> starting old jet quarterbacks all over the all over the uh, the NFL, playing them yeah. all over the place, <laughs> playing them all over the NFC. We trying to oh. dilute that guys, you know, so we can become better. So the <laughs> jet quarterbacks over the NFC make so horrible. That's the plan, huh? That's your GM That's the plan. plan. That's the play. We can't we can't win that way, so we're gonna win the other way. Draft them. <laughs> that guy's build up, yeah, but guys build up teams like the Rams mm. and, and the Tampa Bay super teams, you know, we gotta destroy them from within. Send send them over, like like you know, like Saints doing Dragon Ball Z stuff type of style. Send them to destroy your teams. <laughs> well, look, if 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 the Jets if the Jets plan is to like depreciate the value of the quarterback so that when they so that when the quarterback goes over, you get him at a cheap rate. Um, <laughs> look, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's the plan. <laughs> you see what Zach Wilson, when, it, when a former quarterback quarterback that is supposed to be good, get, get replaced, all of a sudden the team comes better. You know, you send, send Zach Wilson over there, you know, maybe you send him to the Minnesota or Green Bay, you know, and you guys could be dominant oh, for years. Just think I about love, that, destroying Zach Wilson every year when he's in I'd Green love, Bay. I'd love to see Zach Wilson as a Green Bay Packer. Please make that happen. <laughs> Throw um, a couple of picks here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Please do that. As a Bears fan, yes, send him there now. <laughs> I don't know what I need to do to facilitate this trade. Maybe we could throw in like offensive linemen or something. I don't know. <laughs> gotta be a practice squad. Yeah, do what we gotta do. Do they do, do, do three way trades? They do three way trades in the I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of a three way trade in the NFL. I haven't either. But we'll we'll get in on this one. <laughs> That'd be funny. The Lions and the, and the Bears are fighting to get into this three way trade. Yeah, we'll yeah. help out. <laughs> That would be amazing. Um, I'm going to pick Seattle here as well. Uh, Gino has taken a couple of steps back on that MVP race um, a little bit, but he's still, what? I think he's still plus money. He's still like plus 400 or something like that to, um, to, to win the MVP, which is like seventh, if I'm not mistaken. He's like sixth or seventh in it's the insane. Yeah. He's yeah, ahead he's, of Tom Brady. I know that. Yeah. It's also like something I didn't think I'd say this year. He's much he's closer than, against Mr. Mono too. Yeah, like he's much closer than anybody would have expected him to be. So, you know, shout out to him for, for getting in and for and for making making this uh this a possibility for him. Um, but seven and five, Seattle needs to win, needs to get a dub. They lost last week um in a in a close game. So they need to get it, they need to get a win and get back into the back into the swing of things and see if they can they can, you know, uh 
maintain um maintain the stride with the 49ers. I want to see, yeah, I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see what they're what what they're all about. Metcalf is playing better. Lockett is, you know, still still a, an efficient player. At, you know, at, even at, the, at his at his age, um, as a receiver, seems pretty good. And the defense is playing well. So you know, I don't see any reason why they can't they can't beat Carolina and four points at home. Um, that that pretty much tells you what, what you need to know. Like Vegas is saying that this that this is a push, and I don't think this is anywhere close to a push. Carolina is a bad football team, and they're not they're not, and then definitely this, I would I would expect this to be a four point. I would expect them the Seattle to be four point favorites in Carolina mm-hmm. at home. I expect them to be at least seven, but the fact that they're four is just just makes this really really enticing. So I'm going to take them and I'm going to lock this in as my fifth lock of the week. All right. Sunday night football, Miami at LA. We Miami is getting three and a half points on the road, which means the Chargers with Justin Herbert are getting three and a half points at home. And guess what I'm gonna do? I'm locking <laughs> in the Chargers to beat the brakes off the Miami Dolphins. They went to the West Coast last week and lost. I don't know if they flew home. I don't know if they stayed out there all week. I hope they did just to save on gas money and help out the environment because they're going to take a long plane ride back to Miami from L.A. And they're going to be losing this one. I'm going to take the over, expect this game to be played in the 60s, and expect Justin Herbert to come back and win this with a game-winning touchdown. Give me the Chargers. Lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. They got to Tua last week. They rattled him. He made a bunch of bad plays against the Niners. I know the Chargers defense isn't as good, but Derwin James is still there. And... Khalil Mack is still on that team. They will get to him. His right, his left tackle is still out. And without Teron Armstead playing, I do not have much faith in Miami. Give me the Chargers. Lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. Get him in. Well, I'm I'm going to go with you only because I hate, kind of hate Miami and I need a lock for the week and I want to pick New England, but I want to, I'd rather go with Miami. You're in this just one. cheering against Miami because you want the Chess to get ahead of them, so stop it. Of course. Of course, you know how they, you know how, how you do, you know the meanings. Of course, <laughs> but yeah, give me, give me the charges in this. Give me the beat down. You know, hopefully, you know the charges do do the gritty dance all over the Miami. You know, you see a bunch of the, you know, the the the, the hands going up or whatever, doing a little gritty dance all over Miami. Send their asses home. Give them the loss. I don't believe in Tua. F them. Give me the charges and give me the over in this one. Beat down on Sunday night football. Go ahead, Malik. This is gonna be a great game. I'm gonna enjoy watching this. I think it's gonna be a really, I think it's gonna be a really good game, and I'm actually surprised that Miami's the Miami's the favorite here, um, in in LA. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, it's, it's, I'm it's actually, because, as everybody believes, Miami's a great team with Tua, and they've been losing the teams that they, they lost to is because Tua's in the round. That's the reason why. Miami is two and four on the road against the spread, and the Chargers are two and three. So against the spread, there are really no advantages here either way. Yeah, I mean, maybe, and maybe it's just because you know the Chargers they lost last week against uh, against the Raiders, and and you know nobody just just nobody believes in their their coaching the coaching staff or anything like that. I mean, I don't really know because the Chargers are a really good team and they can score with just about anybody in the NFL. Um, and if you expect Miami to um, to just just like have a track meet against them. I think you know you got another thing coming, so I'm going to take the charges. I don't have any. I don't. I don't have a another lock, but uh, you know I feel like this is like to your point. I think this is going to be a really interesting, really fun game. I'm going to take the charges in the over to cover to cover the number. Um, I like them here. 
pretty 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 heavily. Um, but yeah, take take the home dog in this one. Take those three and a half points. I'd take them any day. And then get your popcorn ready. And some of the books have it at three even, but we're using the MGM line who has it currently at three and a half. So if you can buy pay for that extra point, I would do that just to make sure you get it. Because this could come down to a field goal. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football, New England Patriots at the Arizona Cardinals. Two teams nobody really wants to watch, but they got to put something on ESPN. Uh, I'll be watching the meetings, but forget that. Well, at least it's on Monday night, so I'm in New England, so I don't got to worry about this game. I will check out the Manning cast and see if they have some good guests. Make it interesting. New England, oh, Arizona. New England is getting, is giving one and a half points to Arizona in Arizona. Um, I don't think they'll figure out the offense. They still got J.J. Watt, and the Rams just came back and beat the Raiders. I just want to announce that to everybody. The Rams just came back and beat the Raiders. That being said, I think Arizona Arizona's going to win this game. I think Bill Belichick doesn't know what he's doing uh, in terms of calling offense. He's letting two guys call offense who've never called offense a day in their life. I understand it's coaching, and I understand it's not got the complicated, but when your mediocre quarterback and Mac Jones is yelling at you, throw the ball, and you're not, uh, <laughs> yeah, things ain't going well. They're not going well at all. I know you're not playing the Bills. You're not playing a great defense, but Arizona's defense isn't terrible, and they could win this game. Give me Arizona. I'm going to take the over on this one. The over-under is 43.5, and, and I'm going to take Arizona at home getting points. Get ahead, Ed. Two heads are better than one unless they call the New England offensive coordinators. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm definitely going to go with Arizona in this one. Even though Bill, even though Bill Belichick had that New England mystique BS or whatever about, you know, that you might can pull things out, especially against an okay type of team, whatever. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not buying this. I'm going to go with the New England beatdown on this, the, the further with, with this. But give me New England and give me the actual quick. Can I just take the points? Because I want to be surprised that actually happens. Wait, you want yeah, New England yeah. A's? And you, you said you want New England. I mean, the Arizona in the points. I mean. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I want Arizona as well. You got me down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you down. Yeah, just, I got you just down. Give me, just let me just go with that one. Just give me Arizona the points on this one. I don't even I think anything's going to really happen. I cannot believe the two of you are picking Cliff Kingsbury over Bill Belichick. In, in I'm not no... picking Cliff Kingsbury. I'm picking against the offense of. of oh, you? Yeah, I'm picking against Matt Patricia travel. and whoever calling the offense. Arizona win this game thirteen-three. They might get them win this game nine-six for all I know. Oh, look, hey, hey. Ace is kind of right. If you have Mac Jones, a guy who just got drafted last year, you're yelling about throw the damn ball. You know something's wrong here. Hey, look, I'm not. I'm. I'm not even saying. I'm. I'm not upset at the. I'm not. I'm not upset at the pick. I think that the pick could actually happen. I'm the reason why I'm. I'm actually happy about this game. I'm really happy about this game is because I have a flight to catch on Tuesday morning. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in bed very early. So I'm not watching this game at all on Monday night. So I'm actually happy that I'm not missing a great game on TV because I will be sleeping. Um, but. Yeah, I, I have no interest in in picking or watching this game in any way, shape, or form. Is Kyler Murray playing? Kyler Murray's playing. I'm He's gonna out. take Arizona. Kyler Murray's playing. I'm gonna take Arizona. That's all. That's all to it. Um, I think he is playing because uh, I have him on fantasy. I, th- I think I moved him in there. Yeah. <laughs> He's I'll take your Arizona. Quarterback. Yes, he's my starting quarterback for you fantasy this week. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing that I do know is that New, New England does New England does and has always had issues uh, dealing with quarterbacks that that are athletic and can run. Um, and if and if Kyler Murray is able to run with the football and is able to make some plays from that from that angle, 
then it should be, you know, it should be a relatively close game and they should be able to keep it within the number. So I'm going to take Arizona at home, take the home dog, and uh, I'll take the over as well because that number is relatively low. But even though Belichick has been called the greatest, whatever, he's been exposed mm-hmm. this year about the um him not trying to change anything. That's what, he's a great you know, coach. He, he's he's, great co- he's the greatest anybody. coach all the time, but he, he's not trusting anybody, but he's not changing up with the times as far as offensive and defensive. That's the reason why he can't quite keep up with these running running type of coaches. The defense isn't a problem. He doesn't have the linebackers that are quick enough to get all around the field. Matthew Judon is amazing. Great pass rusher. But he doesn't have the linebackers like he had before. All those guys are retired. Wait, wait, all those wait, Alabama who, who, dudes. What? Who's, who's the GM for the New England Patriots? Oh, no. He he shot for the groceries and is cooking up this horrible food right now. Yeah, that's so why his, they, his, That's why they're mediocre. That, nobody's fault but his. You know, he made he, the playoffs he, he, last he, year, so. You know what he needed to do. Should have known, man. I did. Should have known. Should have known. He saw the schedule. He saw the schedule when it came out. He knew what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, honestly, I really, I'm, I'm not super confident that Arizona's going to play great. It's just that I know I'm just counting on the win when they play terrible. Ramondre Stevenson is a great running back. Uh, you know, Damian, uh, I don't know if, you know, the other one's going to play, but. They can't get the ball out, and they're not calling. They're not calling plays to his strength. And Mac Jones went from a more complicated offense to a simplified one, and it's not working. So maybe that other one wasn't so complicated, and they, maybe they could have just stuck with it. I don't know, but it ain't working. A couple of New England's wins was a bunch of lucky things, and the refs helping out. So I don't the only, believe they're gonna. It's gonna happen in this game. The only touchdown they got was from that guy who returned the punt against the Jets. And guess what? That guy was playing. He was playing cornerback. He wasn't even a wide receiver. So think about that. They have four wide receivers, and all of them are pretty good. And none of them are, you know, returning the ball well. But we're going to go into our shout-outs. I can't believe the, the Rams. Shout-outs to the Rams. Yeah. And wait, wait, dude, wait, wait. Um, Did I get the tag? I should have said the under. Yeah. I think no, I picked the over. I picked the over in this one. I should have picked the under. All right. I did, did I pick oh, the over or under? You picked the, you you pick, pick the under. You picked the under. Pick the, oh, okay. I did pick the under. Okay. I'm good. You got lucky on this one. Go ahead, Ed. Hey, hey luck is really skills, did. man. It's yeah. skills. Yeah. Come on now. You, you knew the Rams are going to come back with Baker Mayfield in his first game after being with the team for two and a half days. Uh-huh. They're facing New yeah. England's offensive coordinator who should be in New England right now calling plays, not being a coach of the, of the Raiders. Well, but anyway, pick just got a little bit worse. But anyway, first I'm gonna make my first. I'm gonna make a weird shout out. Shout out to the the person who actually invented the air fryer. That thing is awesome. I I, I got that <laughs> yesterday. Uh, called portable air fryer. <laughs> I put in my chicken in there, turned it up to 400 degrees, put it for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. All of a sudden, bang, came out. It was done. It was awesome. Man. Anybody needs to go out there and buy one. Those those portable those home air fryers is great. But anyway, now I'm done with the um that type of shout outs. Um, I have to give a quite uh, a Jets type of shout out, shout out to Max Mitchell or whatever. He was a quite he's basically a rookie offensive lineman that was supposed to be a project this year, and he was not he was supposed to play. He wanted to pitching in, came in there, did his thing, a couple of games or whatever like that. Unfortunately, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Right now, um, basically the thing is it was non football injury. He was basically due to a blood clot in his right leg. You know, is a heredity, um, heredity um, type of condition. Hopefully, you know, he comes back next year. He's he does better, whatever. 
and everything goes good. But he can definitely, once they figure everything out, he definitely can be the Jets' offensive right tackle. And he's quite, I can't believe it. I forgot what round we got him. It was definitely late. He's definitely, he definitely was playing a good level, good on pro level this year for a person who's supposed to be a project. But anyway, shout outs to him. I won't leave those other type of shout outs that, you know, that might be lingering around for y'all guys because y'all guys are a little bit more on that. So <laughs> I'm not going to mention anything, you know, about Lord of Wars or anything like that or Grinder type of things or anything like that. I'll leave that up to y'all guys on that. All right. But I'm done. Um on that note, I'm going to go and I'm going to say uh, to everybody who's complaining about all the college football transfers and calling it the Wild Wild West, you caused this because you wouldn't let players transfer before freely. You would deny guys. The, each coach had to – the coach of the team that they were transferring from had to approve the schools they were going to. That's why this happened. That's why it's – basically, you have one free transfer, and there's over 1,000 players in the portal right now. 1,000. 1,000 players. There's 85 guys on scholarship. There's 131 teams in the FBS, and a thousand of them are trying to switch schools. The extra 2020 COVID year is also helping this. But also, I'd like to point out the University of Buffalo, the school that I went to, had 21 transfers in 2021. 21. Basically, they got an entirely new starting offense and entirely new, basically starting defense outside of one guy. I don't know if that's literally true, but 21 people are now on that team that won on the team the year before. If you had just let players transfer to schools freely and didn't, you know, restrict player movement so much, maybe they wouldn't have had to come to this. But this is what it's come to. And to speak on the Jerry Jones thing, I was listening to a podcast today and Howard Bryant of ESPN fame and also of the 15 book that he's written that I've read a, a number of, also from Massachusetts. Anything that comes before winning is losing, which is a great quote that he said. And to Jerry Jones not wanting to hire... um any black offense coordinators or defense coordinators or head coaches, I would just say that Mike Tomlin has a better record than any coach you've ever hired. He's been to more Super Bowls than any coach you've ever hired. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't be hiring people that you just kind of got a good feeling about. Maybe that's not a great way of running a business. You may make a lot of money, but you don't win a lot of games in the playoffs like he does. He was able to get a fat Ben Roethlisberger to the AFC Championship game three years ago. To the point that we were like, yo, we really think the Steelers are going to make the Super Bowl. With a dude who looked washed, with a guy who apparently now we thought has lost his mind in terms of Antonio Brown. And he held that team together to get them to the precipice of a Super Bowl. Okay? Um, if it wasn't for the owners not wanting to pay Le'Veon Belt, they probably would have got another one. Now, you probably would have paid Le'Veon and just said, hey, put him on the field. So maybe, just maybe, you're not looking at the right candidates. I don't know. That's just me. Now, I'm not judging what you did in the past, but I am judging who you hire. And who you hire, it ain't it. You're still behind the Eagles right now. So maybe, just maybe, you need to change what you're doing and you'll get different results. Because you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's called insanity. Go ahead, Malik. First and foremost, shout shout out to shout out to the Las Vegas Raiders who found a way to lose to a head coach who had never coached before in his entire NFL career, and then found a way to lose to a quarterback 
who's literally been on his team for 36 hours. Like, <laughs> found a way to lose to those two teams over the course of over the course of a single season. This is their fourth loss when leading by more than 13 points. This team is absolutely horrible. I don't know why I picked them today. I should not have picked them today. And I'm stupid. That's just on me. Um, but shout out to y'all for uh, for doing exactly what it is that you Raiders do. Shout out to um, Aaron Judge, who fleeced my New York Yankees into giving him $360 million over the course of the nine, year, uh, nine, nine seasons. He will be 39 or 39 or 40. I think he's 31 right now. So he'll be 40 years old when this contract, when this contract runs out. He'll, and be, he'll be making $40 million a year. He'll be making $40 million when he is 39 years old for a single season of baseball. Look, if the Yankees win one World Series over the course of his career um, and he's able to put together two or three more seasons of you know stellar baseball play and he's the, Yan- and he's the Yankees captain and so on and so forth, then it'll be worth it. Nobody will care. Um, this is not, it's not my money. It's Hal's money, so I don't care. Spend it, spend it wisely. Go get some pictures and make something happen. But shout out to shout out for Aaron Judge for betting on yourself and making something happen and doing the doing um doing a damn thing there. Shout out to the men's uh national soccer team. You did what we was what we expected to do. You got out of the group round and then you went and lost that first match. We didn't expect you to get any better to do any better than that. You did exactly what you expected to do. You didn't you didn't disappoint us. Congratulations. Go back home. In four more years, you'll come and you'll do the exact same thing again because we're never going to win the World Cup. It's perfectly fine. We already know we're not winning the World Cup. We just want to get, you know, we just want to take baby steps. So get out of group play. Don't get embarrassed in there. And then get to the get to your knockout stage and then lose to whatever country, you know, whatever country you're going to lose to because they play, they play for significantly more time than we do uh as as a as a um as a country. So you're good. We're okay. No problems. Everybody, you know, the U.S. got to see four. The U.S. fans got to see four different soccer games. That's cool. Um, and and now we'll just uh, watch, watch, we'll watch whatever country's gonna gonna come out of the World Cup that we don't really care about. Um, shout out to the um, who was I gonna shout out? Oh, oh, shout out, shout out to um, the the television show on ESPN. You guys know the television show Around the Horn. Yeah. Um, on ESPN. 20 yeah, years, 20 years that that yeah. show has been on. And that's incredible because I didn't, I, I've always sworn that this is a brand new show that nobody ever pays attention to. I've never liked I thought this it was show. on for like 12 or 13, but I used to watch it back in the day a lot. I used to watch it back in the day and I still don't know how the hell they do the scoring, how the hell Tony Reale like decides on who gets the points. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, he just got his yeah, he just kind of goes on field and just kind of goes on what, what, what he's hearing vibes. and vibes and everything like that. But shout out to them for going 20 years. I mean, like this is this is you know, this is a pretty incredible feat for them. Um, a lot of the and a lot of the people on that show, um, Woody Page and uh, a lot of a lot of these guys have been there for that entire time. Bill Platchkey and all those guys have been there for a very, very long time doing this Clint stuff. Yates, so yeah, Spain. we don't even know a lot of these reporters unless they were in the times. Show. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you'd have no idea. These are Bomani regional reporters Jones, from a, yeah. from a, from across the across the country whose now whose works I've now read because I saw them on around the horn. So this it was cool to have them there. Um, I'm glad. Uh, that the show was continuing to move on and continue to continue to do great things. So shout out to them for doing that. Um, and and last but not least, uh, shout out to the um, shout out to the New York Knicks and and Coach Tom Thibodeau for 
doing what everybody said for him to do what four months ago just start playing <laughs> just 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 stop starting these old players and just play some of the young guys just for a little bit of time please just a little yeah. bit of time just give them a little bit of extra time and see what happens Can because 15 you, minutes <laughs> you weren't going anywhere without it um look they won they've won the last two games I honestly, honestly believed that if that after that beatdown that Dallas put on them, that if Cleveland was if Cleveland had beaten them the way Dallas had beaten them, I don't think he'd have a job right now. But he does. <laughs> but he but they beat Cleveland. They they beat Atlanta. He's still working. So as long as he's still working, um, let's figure out some of the trades that we need to make. Figure out some of the things that we need to do. And shout out to the rest of the NBA because the NBA has been really, really interesting. It's been really, really fun to watch so far yeah. this season. Um, a lot of good games, a lot of good, lot of good, interesting teams. Um, so it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good year. Uh, so shout out to everybody, everybody on that side of the, on that side of the house. And with that, I am out. Anthony's one and zero right now. Go, go with him. Stifle yourself. <laughs>